Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of January 2021. It'll take us a while to get used to saying 2021, especially since 2020 was kind of burned in our memory with all the impossible things that happened all happening at once, impossibly. So here we go with the next version of it, it's 2021, and uh, of course it kicks off with the uh, the correct impossibilities in a sense, which are not so impossible once you analyse what really happens and you understand how huge herds of society are managed. And by that I'm not putting people down, we're all part of a massive herd of humanity. And that's what's taught in higher levels of intelligence agencies that that plan wars, most wars, remember, are soft wars. And they can, they can be in intermediate wars too, and then they can go into, uh, in between the hard war and the soft war, sometimes both coexisting at the same time, uh, before you go into the completely hard war. And even then, you've still got a soft group behind them managing those who you plan to put in to take over from the regime that you're going to put out. And that's how it's really happening. And I've said before, the big eating machine has now come home to the U.S. I gave these talks in the late 90s and early 2000 because, only because I'd studied the globalists for so long with their big agenda. And they published it in their, in their publications, what they're going to do. And it's the people who suspend their disbelief. You know, they, they just say, oh, well, that could never happen. And that's impossible. They'd never do that, even though they read, they can show them the articles from the magazines and so on, old ones and from the books, etc., that were circulated amongst their members, and a lot for the public as well, that never bought them, of course, who wouldn't read such such publications. But they really do publish their agendas, and it's, again, a complete denial of the public, who are also trained, remember, to be naive. That's the only way you can manage them, if you want to rule over them. instead of gov- it, This is the difference between ruling and governing. You see, governing also takes a bit of ruling, but... It's not really um, governance, as it's like to call it. It's a most pleasant kind of term, because they, you want, they want you to think that you elect them. But in reality, you're ruled. And now you can call it a deep state in the modern age. You can call it the shadow governments in previous times. This, as they've always been here. They had no intention of giving you something called democracy a long time ago. And at the same time, they had no intention of leaving things static for any length of time either, uh, for your benefit. And the, the best time that the U.S. really had, I think, was probably between World War One and Two, and then after World War Two for a, a period up to the 1970s. That was the best time that they had for employment and and a, a, a dollar which had more purchasing value for, for the average person. But they quickly got rid of that, of course, and started to bring them all down because behind it all, the U.S. was set up to be an empire, you see. Empires always must expand and expand and expand. And, and most folk in the U.S. don't stop to think that from the beginning of their foundation, they were on a, they're hell-bent on expanding across the globe not just in, in Latin America or off in Cuba, but across the globe as well. There were into a lot of countries. People don't realize that the U.S. even had a little skirmish going on with South Korea at one point, or Korea, I should say, in the 19th century, in the 20th century, because the U.S. literally was forcing countries 
independent, free, right? Leave liberty, leave people alone sort of idea. In reality, in all duality, on a higher level in the military and the naval groups too, we're forcing countries like Japan and Korea to open up, supposedly, for trade. And that was called gunboat diplomacy. You sent in the gunboats if they wouldn't, and you threatened them. And some countries retaliated against the U.S. by beheading different sailors that they caught. And then the U.S. would send troops in over over in in Korea and other places, and that's how they got it going. This is before the 20th century got going with with the communist Korea wars in North Korea. So the U.S. has never been neutral in anything, and and they've hardly used tact in a sense as well. And when they went in to when they followed Britain into and France and some other countries into the incursion into China and Shanghai and so on, when they divvied up parts of their different areas for American areas and British and French and so on areas, and the military in there, that they weren't invited in by China to do so, you know. You remember the, what was going on here. And yet, you get a slightly different version for school children. They don't mention much of that, do they? Uh, that, because they don't want, again, it's a dualistic. You're supposed to believe in your country, that's a good country. And so they give you the good bits, and they just simply put it in a, a different folder, all the, the bad bits, you see, the other side of Uncle Sam. And that wasn't new. For Britain either, because Britain had been through all before, treated the same way, of course, kept in even, I'd say, deeper ignorance, in fact. The people in Britain were kept in deeper ignorance for a while, the common people, because a lot of the common folk couldn't read and write until about the early 20th century. But they were kept in real ignorance in an, at the end of an industrial era, too, of just hard work, long hours, pubs. To, to just to get rid of the, the pain of, of the, the horrible life they were living down mines and so on. But they're kept in, in pretty good ignorance, actually, deep ignorance. And the media found it quite easy to keep them in check. Media has always been used as a tool of government because you must get a, a unified opinion on most topics, authorized unified opinions. However, they were better at it before, or they gave more credence to the fact that people, certain people would question things in the population in Britain and in the States too. But once they got really got going into the 20th century and the Rockefeller Foundation group and other groups was associated and working with them, it was a big cabal at the top, always has been. And of course you had... Uh, Robert Byrne families all connected with them too. And these people were odd characters kind of sent into America long ago to to take it over, I, I believe so, to dominate it and take it over and rule it. There's no doubt about that too. When Rockefeller said, old, old Rockefeller said that competition was a sin, he meant it. These characters didn't believe in competition. They were monopoly men and they wanted to take over the world's resources. And if you want to find out who the parent company was, you go to London the city of London, and you'll find it with Lord Alfred Milner. Great expose on on how an empire was ruled and run and manipulated uh, with an understanding for the elite nobility, the educated classes, and for the and a, and a different reality for the working classes who paid for all, sometimes with their lives, you know. But nothing has changed except now uh, you have... Um, 
And then they used to, and again, in the 20th century, they used to give you, especially after World War II, uh, papers for different groups. This was well explained in an article from the Rockefeller Foundation I read years ago, many years ago, when they talked about how they, they opened up, they created different magazines for different, even right, right down to ones for, for just for bureaucrats and civil servants. So they'd get their version of reality and what, what the government wanted them to push and promote and to be a good civil servant, you'd believe this and this and this and this and so on. And then they had ones for the police. You see that yourself. The police have their own magazines. And mind you, the police also have their own lodges. All of them do. The fraternity of police and so on. And, but they also have their own magazines and things like that. So they know where a good cop is supposed to be, according to the bosses. If you want promotion, you know what, what to spout and what to say and so on. Everybody knows. You're given almost your own vernacular or vocabulary, I should say, to, to, to repeat to your superiors and your brethren at the same time. So, so every area of civil service was catered to. The military, too, of course, have their magazines as well, and, and they know what's good for them and what they're supposed to say and, and what they're supposed to hurrah about and what they're supposed to boo about and, and so on. And folk adapt into, I've mentioned, I've mentioned people really adapt into their, into their roles. Very much like the Milgram experiment, you know. And, the, and uh, all the other experiments have done on with behaviorism and social psychology. Uh, people really do adapt into their roles. And a uniform is a great thing, especially. Now, a uniform doesn't have to be a military type. You get, you get the police are militarized now. They're paramilitary force. Since their, their combat gear arrived back in the 90s, and that's when it all changed. And so they're a paramilitary force. And also you see it with... Um, uh, the, the natural, the, the, the real military, you know, they're supposed to go off and fight overseas or at least defend your own country from invasion from, from without. Although, now of course, they're starting to use, they've been using them within since 9 11, uh, different divisions of intelligence agencies and units and military and cyber warfare and so on. But most people don't know that. They don't think about it. They're, they're given a kind of happy, smiley face type thing by authoritative figures on the, on the news. Now, you've got to remember, too, very little news is spontaneous. They had exposés years ago, not, not that long ago either, by the way, on recycled news by media and how they could, they could pay for articles themselves. That's why you, across the board... Uh, that that standard joke, which is real, but they'll show you clips of the same articles same, being spouted off by 50 to 100 different presenters on, on across the board of TV stations, all reading the exact same articles from a dummy board. Uh, no differences at all. And it's, just, it's all scripted. So it doesn't matter where, where you look at, you've got a unified, same propaganda spiel, basically, delivered to the public. And it's all coming from a common source, obviously. That's a big thing you've got to remember, too, a common source. So, so media is completely unified under some kind of, again, dark dark force at the very top that manages it all, and they're all agreed to it, too. Which means all the bosses who own them, the magnets, are on board with an agenda, an agreement under an agenda. It's definitely signed and sealed and all the rest of it. 
but always to give the impression that they're different by giving you little bits of local trivia and things that things that don't matter. But all the mainstream stories are identical, and not a word is changed in the spiel generally. So getting back to the old Rockefeller group, they actually had a uh, they brought in uh, statisticians and so on, and the people who do polls and so on to find to find out how many newspapers they would have to create and control in the U.S. And they came up with the idea that, say, 30 major ones would do it. That included also major magazines as well, catering to a certain select. And they knew that all the other ones, and local into state and, and, and into county and some little newspapers, would all copy the bigger ones anyway, you see. And so they give them permission to reprint certain little articles here and there to make sure that they did that. So you had unified opinion and uniform opinion. You cannot get much truth at all from from modern media. It's been that way for a long time. And it was like that before uh, the COVID um, thing broke out. You had it building up to 9-11. It got worse and worse, the media. As they praised you, what do you think of the new battle fatigues for the police? And you say, well, wait a minute, what's happening? This was across the States, across Canada and other countries. All at the same time, Australia too, combat boots the whole. No one, no one was told why they were wearing this, you see. Just, just, they gave you these little like fashion blurbs. And so oh, this is just wonderful, isn't it? Isn't, don't, what do you think of our good-looking young people and, and these combat fatigues? What, why were you given these for? Why were they getting dressed in combat? What, would, what does that mean to the public? They're going to war with the public? That's what you do with combat fatigues. But again, that's how they, they presented it. This, this smiling, smiling, young, healthy-looking faces dressed up, smiling at the cameras. That's, that's all the presentation it took to put it across to the people. In other words, there was no option in it. Anyway, it's all decided by higher authorities. And that's what I like these democracies for, because they always give you such choices, you know, and input from the public. But that was only one example. And they were building up and building up in the 90s for 2001. It was all getting prepared for all. They had talks, and again, in the mainstream, all the same articles across the board and all the papers and all the magazines from the same sources again. All building up towards an agenda, obviously. By giving bits and pieces, giving pieces into the newspapers, getting used to it. That's how you're really, you're, you're really brainwashed with, without deep conversations about things. It's little bits and bites of information that, that are repeated you know, frequently, never going in, never taking the time to go through a, a whole topic and here's the whys of. It's little bits and bites until you, well, I guess, until you adapt yourself into it. If they, if, they, if they wanted everyone to be green, the grad, you'd gradually turn green without knowing it, you see, with little bits and bites of info. Well, you know, yeah, that's what's wrong with being green, and away you go. That's how it's done. You're, you're brought to your opinions without knowing it. And you're presented with NGO and, and expert advice on things, too, and populations. So there's too many of you, and oh, I guess there are, so I should feel bad about that. That I exist. That's how it's done. Until you agree with them, you see. It's right out of science fiction, but it's done all the time and very effectively too. And there's no doubt about it. In the nineties, you, you you had this this constant chatter of something going to happen. 
There's no doubt about it. From the top, it's always about this apprehension of something's going to happen. And I mentioned it before that in Canada in the late 98 or so, Alan Rock, who was Attorney General at the time for Canada, he, I don't know if these guys are ever elected, they're just put in there like technocrats and they do things, then they disappear. He went off to the UN after he put through the Omnibus Crime Bill, which, surprisingly enough, even at that time, before all the different laws were passed or finalized with the media, or on journalists and so on, that they actually uh, could say things occasionally, even question things to an extent. And some of the people still had um, some hormones floating in their systems back then too. But they asked, well, what on earth is this from Alan Rock, this omnibus crime bill he's put through? Because it's really a martial law plan and detention without charge and for indefinite detention and things like that. All this kind of stuff. What's going on here? And that's what it was. It was all building up in preparation for the coming terrorism that, that was going to be fomented, supposedly, uh, from outside sources. Uh, no reason given, of course. They had, because they've got better crystal balls than we have. They can just see what's coming down the pipe. And they got to get all prepared for it. And so they were. They also had lots of articles about the coming freedom of speech that would be circulating which would destroy the, the unified narratives of the authorized mainstream. And the mainstream naturally was very upset about it. They knew they were going to lose a, a lot of income and readership because who was going to buy their newspapers when the Internet's out there? And, of course, now, of course, we know that they've been funded along, along by your tax money from the government because you've got to keep the same authoritative sources going that are going to repeat exactly what they're told to, to repeat without question. But they talked about, yeah, what's going to happen? We're going to lose control of narrative, you know, down the road. And now if you really were up and on the up and up and everything was the way it was supposed to be, you would have no worry about losing narrative if you just simply put facts out there. But, of course, lots of your gift is nonsense, so they don't really have the narrative to, or, to, or the, the, the real facts to, to justify a lot of the rubbish they put out there for you to, to soak up. As Brzezinski said, remember, in the 1970s, in his book, Between Two Ages, he said that, that the public will shortly come, because the training will get indoctrinated, they'll shortly come to expect the media to do their reasoning for them. He's talking about thinking and reasoning. And sure enough, the public do. They, they give away their right to think for themselves and expect the media, these private corporations, to somehow be on guard to protect them and tell them what they should worry about and think about. And so, but they don't, they, they, really, they don't get it at all, do they? After the wars, World War I and II, people, especially the working class people, were way more so paranoid about governments, uh, especially when it, a lot of the truth comes out after the wars, that led up to the wars and propaganda and how they used it that the public were suspicious. They knew that everything's politicized. We've, we've all forgotten that. Everything, even science, is completely politicized and weaponized. All its propaganda. And used for political purposes and social purposes. We've all forgotten that, haven't we? But the people used to know that, because I know that. Cause I used to listen to older folk when I was really small. And they chatted about these. They knew who the owners of, of whole groups of newspapers were. These are working class people talking they knew how important that was. You know? 
Today now it doesn't matter. It's all celebrity worship, and you don't get reporters; they get celebrities, just like the stars and so on. And they must be their opinion from the from the news must be better than anybody else's opinion because they're on TV. You see, it's quite simple, very very simple, isn't it? Like the movie Wag the Dog, excellent movie, to show you how all all things are done. You know. Because we live in perception management, that's the key to it all. And that's what they came up with, uh, the, the, the war for perception management, waged by, by utilizing perception management to be professional as assets. And that's how they would restore confidence in their narratives as opposed to anyone else's narratives. And don't forget, this, this strange organization called the CIA, which was never there to serve Americans, at least the bulk of Americans <laughs> was was well into operation long ago and working completely within the United States too and Canada eh? and other countries as well because they admitted to the time they had so many hundreds and hundreds of of reporters in the print media from the CIA who worked in the CIA and dozens and dozens across the main television stations as well. But they also mentioned that lots in Canada too. So they don't, they don't stop just with one country. I'm sure they have them all over the planet, in fact. And that's how you get narratives, the right kind of narrative. And you, that's how you also make sure other countries to do the same thing with their intelligence services and have them across the U.S. as well to make sure that they have the right narratives on their particular topics. That's how it's done, folks. There's very little real independent media out there at all. Definitely not in mainstream, that's for sure. So it's perception management. It's not really what is factual. It's how, you, how they want you to perceive it. It's like when you saw... And it's, um, and it's, it's made me think about the recent uh, big protests or gatherings outside um, D.C. there, or in D.C. itself, as you saw over the 6th, I think it was the 6th of January there. And the seventh, but and you see, the, and there's no doubt there's the fracas leading up to it too, and how they were, people were manipulated into being there and expecting even President Bush to do something. He said to be there and all that, and he he said to march down to the building, and and they did, and he didn't turn up. But the gates, the, the the doors were opened. You see the police actually opening. There's lots of videos. Luckily enough, enough people took good videos of it. And you see the the the, the police opening the doors and allowing them in. They, they weren't get pushed and they, get, they were coming in. And lots more came in later, of course, as they saw the doors were open. And that's when you got people almost crushing each other trying to get in. But there's no doubt it's perception management, and it doesn't matter either how it all happened. Or why it happened That's completely irrelevant The facts and truth must, truth must never be told When you're managing at all For perception management It's perception management It's important No different of course and Because the whole idea Was to get them in And then they'll say Look at these terrible people These supporters White supporters And that's really mainly white They're talking about that and it's all across the media Oh the white people are terrible And that's really I think Why it was all done That's why they were let in In the first place to give this impression, perception management, oh, terrible, destroy. No, they weren't destroying all that stuff all over the place. You saw Antifa even outside smashing windows in the basement level, trying to get in there. And they were quizzed by other reporters at the time. That's out there as well. They may have made who they were <laughs> without a problem. So there's, there's, goodness knows how many different groups were there from outside sources and some from other countries as well. But... 
perception management's all that matters. And the whole idea was to, to try and end this whole idea of the old America and the old West as well, and the old America, that, that kind of thing, to bring in the progressive group that allowed and backed, actually, uh, the BLM and the Antifa groups, all, all through 2020 almost, eight months of it, and in Portland, I don't know if it's even finished yet, but burning places down and businesses down, that was okay. And even had, don't forget too, the governors of some of the states joining in with them and saying it's okay. And calling off the cops to deal with it in some places. And, and even the reporters, the fascinating job of reporting and seeing it in action perception management where you see the, the reporters standing at night in front of the buildings burning, saying, telling you, you, you no, don't, don't see that. You're, see it as a peaceful protest as buildings are burning and there's folk running behind them setting the fires to other stuff at the same time. You're talking about living in and fantasy land, eh? You really are. This, this is real schizoid uh, perception management, gaslighting. Oh. And, and the goal to even say these things, as is happening right behind them, that, that's, that's gall. You know? That's a lot of gall. So I don't think it's going to end there. And it's the same thing with, with uh, all the thousands of folk who went to the rally because they're sick of what's happened in America. Of course they are. They're sick getting demonized openly and in the school systems. Folk are getting trained to hate them, obviously. They know it. It's everywhere you, where you read these things now. So their own tax money is paying for children getting indoctrinated to hate them. Uh, that, that doesn't win friends, you know, when you get folk angry, when you, when you vilify them. In, a, in an era when you're not supposed to vilify any particular group, it's quite amazing that that doesn't hold true at all, you know? If you want equality, let's have equality of justice. How about that? So a lot of folk went to, to there, they, they were led up the garden path. I knew it. I've said this before, whenever you, someone's advocating a mob, go the other way. Go the other way, folks. Because that's standard setup. What you witnessed, actually, is just, it's what we've been talking about, color revolutions. Now you've had it all year, really, in your own country. And you're witnessing a color revolution. That's part of it too, because I went through different techniques of regular type warfare, non-conventional warfare, from the military's own handbooks. And they send in advance lots of people who are trained. They have an international force, by the way, for those who don't know that, CIA and others. And they all work together, you know. And they, they, they send in the ones in the universities especially. They might take them a few years to build up to it. If it's to be an on-the-ground thing with different warring tribes or ethnic groups, they, they, they come in, they'll set them up by the way. They set them up, first of all, in this day and age, as cyber warriors and justice warriors. Did you know that? Social justice warriors and so on. That's what the CIA has been doing across the other countries. They did it in Egypt, they did it, they've been doing it in Syria and other countries as well. They, they, have, they have hundreds of them they send in just to do that. They fund them, they'll, they, they'll then pick, some of them will actually hide behind other people, ethnic people in the areas. 
and have them front on their their blogs and so on, saying all the stuff. They produce the stuff for them, they give them information, they try to win them over, all to get a big following. Then if you have a, a few dozen of them, you can have them all act together and they go and, and storm the palace or whatever it happens to be in their own countries. That's where they do it. And you've witnessed it here. You've witnessed it here. The rest of the folk will jump in on it, not knowing they're getting used. But the ones who are taught to lead it know exactly what they're doing, and they'll have their provocateurs there. Your own government supplies them and funds and trains them. Then after the, all this fracas on, on January there, the 6th, they'll have those same groups over in the Middle East again, uh, back working with the bloggers and so on there, folks, to stir it all up. Canada does the same thing, internally, by the way, you know. But the folk never catch on to it because they, it's because the real groups that you're trying to use, this is what they say in their manuals, there'll be a lot of people who are dissatisfied with the way their country is going and they're angry with their governments and so on. So the whole thing is to get people who are willing, you know that they're going to be really active and start using force eventually, and you'll work on them first of all. They'll be the leaders in the packs, you see. And the general population will jump on board, not realizing that they're actually getting used as numbers. That's, a, that's how the Bolshevik thing was done as well. It's very similar to that without the cyber warfare. But they had lots of newspapers just sprung up, whole printing presses, all supplied by the West, flooded in, well-funded, financed, you know, pamphleteers and so on. That's how it was done. Posing as, as the real revolutionaries, you see, for change. And everybody else was getting used. Nothing changes. And of course, everyone now is going to say, well, did Trump, was Trump in on it? Well, you'll never really know that, will you? Was he in on the fact that he was going to, uh, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like the Judas goat, isn't it? When the Judas goat has the rest of them following them, the Judas goat's trained, they, they, come down, they go down this, this little kind of a gated corridor towards this lower house. And there's a little side turning at the last minute, just at the door. He turns to the right. It's only room for one. And the rest of them, because they're always the ones that are pushing back, they, could, they continue right into the slaughterhouse. Trump said he'd meet them all. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he didn't turn up to get to it down at the actual building itself. And Pence was all set, you see, to get the National Guard ready and all the rest. It was all prearranged, you can tell that. From at least those characters, the rest of the characters there, all prearranged. You know, they don't sit and let, in real life. The deep state doesn't let, sit and let things actually happen by itself. Never ha- that, that's never done. Even even if they think sit back and think, we could actually use the no, because they can never be certain until they're completely in charge of every aspect of it. You see, so they'd have to stop it unless it was they authorized it and ran it themselves. And that's how things really are run in this world. It's not a new idea, it's an old idea, it's always been used. England was, was famous for it, London I should say, I don't blame the English for it, the Londoners are the one, not Londoners here, it's the city of London, that's where the power brokers live and the real high families. So. They run the empire. But London was awfully good at that, and I mentioned it before, at the beginning of the 20th century, in old books that were printed at the time. London had 5,000 spies just dispersed around London and all areas of it, Greater London and so on. 
some of them were even financed to open bars up and they had the customers. It was a great place for collecting information on possible trouble down the road or people who were getting fed up with the system and advocated getting groups started. Anything at all to do with countering government policies was nipped in the bud before it got started. 5,000, just, just there, eh? I'm sure other big capitals, cities were much the same. But London definitely was uh, ahead of it. And then you go way back into Daniel Defoe's day, in fact, when he was sent up into Scotland on a tour. But it was really a tour was really to intelligence, intelligence gather for, for the royalty to find, to find out how, what kind of military strength that the Scots could muster up quickly and stuff like that, what was their physical health conditions and so on. And also to look for weak spots in the culture or in the, that any particular present time of culture they could utilize. Or if it's at the start of a, a little chink, uh, they can get in a chink of, uh, they could get break a, 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 through a wall in the culture and insert problems, you see, between male and female or whatever it happened to be. Uh, you could widen that and cause dissent because you divide and conquer and divide and conquer and divide and conquer right down to different tribes all arguing with each other and clans and so on and then of course you can't unify them to fight against an incursion by you into their country to take it over it's quite simple isn't it how it's done and but it's very old very very old indeed and you'll find that went on into the 20th century and people like um, it was Lawrence of Arabia, as they call it, you know, that Lawrence, he, he uh, from a university, was picked and trained in Aramaic and different tongues, Aramaic tongues and dialects, and sent over to Egypt with other people for the military, but uh, as civilians, and as intelligence officers, but they, they, they would pay, they, they, they paid to, to open up, like, again they brought printing presses and brand new newspapers and they would staff them with Arabs, trustworthy ones that were bought and paid for, and they would train them as journalists, and again they would go around the bazaars and listen to the chit chat of the guys who had their coffees and things. And uh, and then then start to in, in, insert in the newspapers little this little bits because little this, the beginnings of dissent against particular leaders and chiefs and so on, and that that and to foment for again revolution get them get them ready for revolution or get them ready to back the British if they're like, oh we'll come and help you, you know and we could over overthrow the Ottoman Empire perhaps down the road eh <laughs> it's all done in advance old stuff eh very old stuff. But the folks today think is that it's, it's just you only see the time they live in such a short time span, really. And once your emotions are up, people don't think their emotions are the great. That's why you always whip up when you want to use the public is emotions opposed to what if this happens, what if that happens, and who's using us. And the problem again with uh, the Trump era is really one of the problems is that yeah he was definitely attacked from the beginning trump even before he got in and i'm not i'm not holding the guy up i mean he, he, for four years i did all i heard from folk who were pushing him uh, including the ones in, in the alternate media that are pushing him they kept saying oh he's, he's our man yada yeah and trump should do this and trump should do that right to the bitter end he should he never did anything that he should have he really didn't so you have to say, was really this the setup to, to end? You see, this was this was tried before, not quite the same the same way, 
but it was tried before uh, with George Bush Jr. When folk were getting so fed up with these wars, this this whole list of the neocon wars that came out in the 90s, that the same neocons in the Bush group that got in, but two thousand before two thousand and one they were in already, and they had all this this unfurled the list and went to work at it and it's going to invade these countries they were on, we planned this in the nineties, and all they wanted was a Pearl Harbor event they said and well they got it, and away they went and thought we were sick of it so quickly, you know, and they're also sick sick so quickly of losing all the rights and freedoms in one swoop that was it. Declaration, oh, it's emergency powers, and you're all suspects now, so you can't have any privacy, and it's still in force today. Actually, you'll never get them back, unless you take them back, obviously. Never get them back otherwise. And all I see this is happening now is the part two of the same thing, the destruction of the old system to bring in the new, because back then with the Bush, they got you ready for it. You're so sick of, of, of getting sick of government, actually, and the corruption within government which the media would play up. Isn't it amazing? They, they would tell you who to vote for and everything, but at the same time they would tell you that governments are corrupt. But the, the whole thing was to bring in a new system of governance. That's what it was all leading towards. And of course it's technocracy, which they haven't pretended that, they, that, that that was always their goal, ruled by experts in every possible area. The old communists have got articles out on this, and I've seen is, is this the, the new communism of America? Of course it is. The elite always wanted it. The elite that definitely rules you. Always wanted a form of communism. They're still ticked off. They lost their old communism. And it fell apart in the Soviet Union. They're really angry about that. But they're not living in the Soviet Union now. But they're really angry, angry, angry that uh, they haven't got uh, it completely fulfilled in the U.S., this, you could see, communism was a front, and it used lots of fronts. Many, many organizations, including Christian organizations, were really dumbfounded. When years afterwards, it, was, it came out that different, different things they'd signed on to, which sounded nice, you know, for the, for the protection of children or... Or, or this or that. They didn't know that, that there was a, for re-education systems to get brought in to indoctrinate children. So many of them were just complete communist fronts. Well, well, they didn't come out and say, we're communists, we want to indoctrinate your children, so let's protect the children and, and look after them in a better way for educa- through education. No, they, they always disguise it with, with wonderful sounding names. And people fall for it all the time. And it's still on the go today with, with many, many different groups, front groups, all accepted by the United Nations, naturally, because communism always was, was the same system that Carl Quigley and his group of the Council on Foreign Relations pushed, for those who don't know that. Quigley talked about it in his own book. Don't forget, he was the historian for a while for the Council on Foreign Relations. He said it was very important that they have their own history because nothing has happened in the last 150 years, really, uh, by itself, where the the CFR and and the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the the Alfred Milner group before that, and that's what they called it, 
Milner's Kiltergarn. There, there, nothing had happened in, in a great scale across the world without their involvement, often to make it happen, including world wars. That's quite a thing to say, isn't it? They are given these ridiculous children's books for history books for school. But here's a, an organization that, that calls itself the establishment with its own archives of history and their involvement in making it. And you don't vote for them, but they, they decide which way your country is going to go all the time. Call it CFR, call it all one big system, folks. And there's a trilateral commission as well to get things done without having to bother in a democratic system of having to please the public. You see? It's all, it's all been rolled out quite openly now. We can't have this. We've got to just go ahead and do things. And here's, here's the COVID exercise, as an example. We've got to use like a military operation and it's martial law and you'll do what you're told. And Fauci said that you'll do what you're told. Eh? And just, just accept, the, the, just believe the experts and do what they tell you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And you thought, and he's not wearing a uniform, you know, is he? So you still can't really see the guy for what he is. You've never had a better display of the, the truly authoritarian type, the psychopathic authoritarian, as you're seeing now in your own lifetime, at the, in real time, folks. <laughs> Or Bill Gates And of course they've all worked together It took years to prepare for all of this You've seen it with all their exercises For, for coming pandemics And remember it's to change society permanently Already has The lockdowns are not meant To be eased up forever You see just on and off, on and off, on and off To suit themselves and, and to have you hopping back and forth for obedience sake And if you just please the teacher today Maybe take your jabs Maybe, maybe they'll tell you Maybe, they won't tell you you will But maybe one day, one day you can open up your store again And then they'll tell you after you get the jab No, well we didn't say you, you, you know You've got, you got to still get locked up and wear the mask Because it, it won't stop you getting the disease or spreading it What? <laughs> I'm not going to even argue on these different points of view because the facts are all out there if you want them. From their own mouths, by the way. You don't have to make any of it up at all. The facts don't matter when there's big agendas with many things to fulfill, including a completely altered society at the end of it. Remember, in war scenarios, Quigley said it. And he didn't invent the idea of it. It was done long before him. But he said it, as a, he said that you get more done in five years, five years of war on, any, on social scales for change and, and directed change, right? Then you can on persuasion. He's talking about persuasion and, and using propaganda and 50 years of peace. So you get more done quickly when you're forward just jumping to it and doing what they're told, obedient through terrorist a terrorist pe a period like you know, you're all going to get bombed by the by the terrible planes or whatever it happens to be or blown to bits. Do what you're told, tell you're told, and you obey. That's why they're using this technique, and that's why they're not going to let up on it because they they've got a lot to fulfill. A completely new way of living. Remember, the 
whole sustainability agenda. They said it at the last climate change. The people aren't listening. They're still breeding. <laughs> and they're the problem, you see, the folk who breed. And all the different, all, every child that's born is going, to, is going to produce so many thousand tons of carbon, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know. And they said, but people aren't listening to the climate. So they said, we have to do something more drastic, right down to probably having to decide who can breed, who'd be allowed to breed. Old stuff, mind you. This is old, old stuff. I gave the talks many years ago, and, and here it is all getting reiterated again from the same sources, because it doesn't change. You're living through an agenda that might back off a little bit here and there, but they never stop working at it. Never do. They, they, they kind of quieted it down, the whole eugenics idea, superior types and inferior types, up, up, up to World War II. And because, because the, the, the Nazis had adopted the techniques of, of the Cold Spring Harbor for, for eugenics and superior types and inferior. In fact, they praised the West for bringing it all to their attention and teaching the world about it. And then U.S. and how they were sterilizing their, their unfit, as they called them, and stuff like that in the U.S. So, so they ended up getting all the blame for it, naturally. Uh, but, so they, they quieted it down, and Julian Huxley kept it all going with the eugenic societies in Britain and altered a few of the names here and there of the, of the terms that they use. But it's the same thing on the go. And he's praised by modern, uh, the, con- the continuation of the Darwinian societies and all their, all their new names and so on. He's still praised for keeping it all going, you know. The, the, the top types and superior types and the fit and the unfit, etc., etc. And so Carl Quigley, getting back to him again, he said that, that when he was talking about the McCarthy era and the accusations, he didn't say they were, McCarthy was wrong. He's, this is what he said. He says, we are often mistaken, the CFR. Eh? He belonged to three organizations all connected together, Quigley. But he said, we are often mistaken for communists because our agendas are so similar. Now this is from the group that calls itself the establishment in the United States of America. Anybody who's anybody in the media and politics at the top and and the military and CIA too is a member of it. And from it too they can get booted upwards into the inner core because there's a higher party and an outer party. It's like, just like you found out too with um, George Orwell's 1984 because it was based on the British system, the Lord Alfred Milner group, who the outer group and the inner group. And the inner group all met. They were lifelong members, uh, men generally aristocratic types, not all though. And they always met at All Souls College, you know, the upper group. But they had the outer group, and then they had another group, which was the kindergarten, where they recruited them at, at universities, the top universities. And they would get sent across the world as operatives, much like the CIA does it today. Grab them at high school and college, and give them a little bit of training, and, and you set them as plants in other countries. And that's how they gain experience, but it also is time to suss out just how much you can trust them and use them, or will they keep quiet? And, and they're observed, and they're spied upon. They don't know it too at the beginning, to see if they're trustworthy, and then they get put into higher operations, and so on. That's how the whole thing works. 
but you have, you have whole divisions of them, the scheme. You've got to understand the scheming part of it. How do we get big populations demonized, big parts of them demonized? Again, that's back into the unconventional warfare of the military of defense handbook. <laughs> and they do have a handbook, yeah? where they go into how, to, how they could set up any particular group that they want overthrown by using other minority groups within the countries. And they've done it on, you've been watching it for the last 30 years across and around the Middle East and in Asia. Now it's in, it's in America, completely open, quite open and obvious, actually. Yeah. There's even a, 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 the hiding of who's been funding a lot of the different groups either. And being allowed to fund them. Now, would you, if you had your own country, and it was you, it was the way that your your fairy tale version is presented to you, right? Do you think your authorities would allow people, multi billionaires, to fund to have and have trained people to come in as saboteurs in your own country? Would you allow that? Of course, you wouldn't. Which means that if they're allowed in, you're looking at a global intelligence network that already rules you. You're starting to get the picture. And everything, again, is perception management. How can we make this this event, which is a peaceful, massive protest, and and folk who are so sick of the corruption, and including, there's no doubt about it, uh, the, the whole voting scam that was going on. The, 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 the multitude of people who came forward working in the, in the booths for, is just an example. Seeing it happen, witnessing, photographing it and all the rest of it. And the, and the camera and video footage as well is astonishing. And again, like a, like a solid wall, no, no top court in the land was going to look at the evidence. Just not going to look at it. It's not that they examined it. They were not going to look at it. So that made it worse now that you're in a one-party system, you see, which is the goal of making, uh, bringing in this whole new system of technocracy, expert rule. You're going to be told as experts, just like the medical experts, supposedly are ruling your lives forever under the guise of COVID. Like, yeah. And you have experts in every facet of your life. And, and, of course, you already have them coming out for years telling you to have less children. You should get permits to even breed, you know. And eventually, I read articles many years ago on radio, a radio program, telling people that uh, he was from their own sources. And they say that, that if you serve the system well in the future, you might be permitted the right to, to pass on your own genes and, and actually see an offspring that's yours. This has all been planned and thought out a long time ago, and you all thought it was science fiction or just too futuristic, could never happen. Couldn't happen, eh? So, yeah, again, it's getting, it's like getting back to logic and philosophy and so on. When things are the same, are the same, are the same, or even similar, uh, then you have to expect the same reaction to the same things happening. You can't say it's okay to have businesses burned to the ground across the U.S. for a good part of the year, the last past year, and riots in the streets without people getting arrested. Or if they got arrested, they were let go immediately. Or their fines paid for them from an outside source. I passed in the paper, too. Eh? No conspiracy theory about this. But yeah, you had well-trained leaders coming in, military-age-type leaders, and no doubt being in somebody's military, you know. 
knowing exactly what they're doing and getting lots of the followers, disaffected folk to join in. That's all. That's how you do it. This, the color revolution. They've done it across the Middle East for years. As I say, it's an international organization of them. And they move them from country to country when it suits them to be leaders. They are leaders, you know. And they can get governments overthrown if they want to. Obviously, they didn't have the government overthrown. They didn't want that. to get, It was meant to get a message across to the general population that we have got the authority to do this anywhere we want inside the U.S. with impunity. That's the only message you came away with, really, wasn't it? That's important. It's like, it's like having your, your own internal communist or Bolshevik army that they can just let loose whenever they want to. Remember that. And the Democrats supported all this. It's telling you again, the deep state establishment are you, have been using all of this with military intelligence groups working with them. That's, there's no doubt on this, folks. And that's what you do, military intelligence. You, 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 uh, and you set people up. That's what you try and do. You set them up. Uh, a good example is the spy who came in the cold, eh? I don't know if it was, I think it was Lacar, I may have wrote that one, I can't remember. But uh, people who've been in the intelligence service sort of wrote that actual script for that from the book. And the movie version, Richard Burton played it. But the whole idea is deception. And how you have a target you want to take, to take down in another country. And so you set up a plot to send in one of your own agents with a, an elaborate scheme to start working with someone who is an enemy of the top guy that you want to bring down because he's jealous, he wants to get fill his position. It's like rivalry. And so that so this guy in another country uses Burton, the spy, to try and get information to knock out his opponent. And then you see the elaborate preparations that had gone into the planning of this, where even Burton, the spy, didn't know that what the end was supposed to be, including the fact that he himself was disposable. It's just astonishing. But that's how you do it. But when it comes to overthrowing nations, that's quite easy to do. Quite easy to do. You look for the disaffected groups within any country, you'll always find them. Radical, often fringe, they call them fringe groups. You fund them, you come in, you befriend them, you'll, you'll open up your own... Uh, podcasts, you see, or newspaper, and you'll either print or, or broadcast on the airwaves uh, that you're a hero, the people are a champion of the people, and you get the best information put out because there's producers there to you, 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 oh, look at you're doing it all yourself. That's what the impre- Most folk don't think beyond what they see. They can't say, well, wait a minute, this is going to take this person, like seven of them, to make one day's newscast. Maybe, maybe even ten people. Never dawns in the folk, because it must appear to be just a little character doing it themselves. That's how it's done. Or they'll churn out video after video by using other folks' information. That's another thing too. You must get real information that's out there, so they, so the folk have credence. You see. And the folk, yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with it. And then you start inserting your own little bit. You know, you, that person's really evil. Should, that could be. He could be dissuaded or forced to step down. And it was yeah, yeah, yeah. You see. Then you start, you'll start saying, you know, there's a good leader you could have, is so-and-so, and so you've already supplied them this leader. And, and the folk will start to back them and thinking there's one in their own. And that's how you do it. Then you, you're, you're over. Now all the groups join in, you see, at the end, including the majority who have no idea they're all getting news because they never get out of it what they thought they'd get out.
Never. The bulk of the po- people never get what, they, what they've been after. <laughs> never. Because there's always another reason. You, you've been taken over by another group who have no intention of giving you more freedom. <laughs> That's how it's done. And it's very sad, but very effective. Very effective. It's similar to the techniques they use, and Canada used it some years back, to dr- try to draw out and, and sting operations. Um, Muslims, disaffected Muslim young people, you see, who are still in, in this romanticized idea of, of horses and running across the desert with swords and things. And it really was portrayed that way, you know. But, but that's the, the, so you can get people who are really teed off about what's been happening in their countries. And they're living in your country now, you see. And Canada did, did it, and they, they drew them in. They, they put forth a, a guy who dressed up as though he was still in the desert. And he could speak the words of wisdom, he could repeat the, uh, recite the Quran and draw them in and become a leader, you see. And they set them up, and then I think the RCMP supplied these young guys with dummy explosives and all the rest of it. And then they came in and arrested them all. And the, the, the guy that they used, dressed up as Arab, he was from one of those countries. I don't know which country he was from, Islamic country. They were dressed up, and so he, he actually was so proud of himself. He worked for CSIS, you know. And he came out and did a little uh, talk. I don't know if it was a complete documentary on him, but uh, yeah, he talked about his. He was really proud of what he'd done and how he'd fooled these young guys. He set them up, and <laughs> these guys probably would never have done anything on their own, you know. Probably never have happened. We've had the same thing in, in England, where the, some of the top people, in fact, in the GCHQ came out and, and said, you know, people, generally people who retired, because they're not allowed to say something. Who said, you know, this this is wrong. You can't just keep creating a problem and setting folk up. It'll, it'll cause dissension down the road. And eventually you, you won't have anybody who'll work for you because they, no one's going to trust you. If they're actually fomenting problems inside the country. <sighs> but that's the world you're living in. But there's no doubt to me that out of the massive amounts of Americans that came in to the capital, D.C., that day, uh, most of them were absolutely genuinely just utterly fed up with the whole thing. Lots of them had lost their jobs as, as the economy is completely just ordered to be closed. No world war has ever forced that to happen. And that's the intention of the world war. If you're going to crash the economy, the country falls from within. You don't even need the troops. And it's all been done under the guise of COVID. First time in history, you lock up everybody, all the healthy for something that's so minuscule, really, most folk don't know they've even had it. And if they have had it, now that and, are, and it's a month or two later, you've got, you're immune to it. Now, you've obviously created antibodies or you wouldn't be, you still have it. <laughs> so, this is incredible. This is an incredible agenda. It truly is, isn't it? But I always think of deception. That's what perception management's about. Don't see what you're seeing. Here's what we we want you to see when you're seeing it. Take our version. You can trust us. And again, I've even done all the experiments before. You know that yourself. Behaviorists are always doing experiments on us. I hate doing these talks because <laughs> someone's always making videos of it. I know who it is too from all my talks. But... I can remember the one of the main training ones I've shown to the public before, but I think they're meant for the police. Uh, 
to show you that witnesses who've all been in, in banks, for instance, that have been robbed, will give you completely different versions of what happened. But they're all definitely there. There's, there's no doubt about it. But the way that they perceived it themselves. And they've also shown you other experiments where they, they can put a plant in amongst people. They've actually done this. See? After robberies, occasionally they bring it. Different experiments. Some of the top universities are use this, this technique. And, and the cops, are, you know, they comply with it. They put plants in maybe one or two plants, sometimes a woman, who, who will seem to speak with authority and seem intelligent and very cool. The rest of them are kind of nervous after all. And she'll just say, oh, no, that's not what I, this is what I saw. Well, people will start believing her rather than believing what they, they know this, they saw themselves. And till the end of it all, they'll completely have a contradictory report from their initial statements because they'll, they'll, they'll literally... Uh, put their own uh, uh, observations on the back burner and take their person's point of view because they seem to be more intelligent. That's what they think. They're well, very intelligent, authoritative, very cool, very, very intelligent and persuasive person. And so they'll take their point of view and it can be 180 degrees of what they actually saw. So, so there's human traits here that will alter as well as things go on. They know there's nothing they don't know about us. Not one of the latest videos I mentioned, but someone who keeps, keeps making, he's been doing it for years for my talks. So I put all the links up, remember, and, and you can see my talks too. So I can do it very quickly. Uh, but he, he actually, I should use all my terms as well. When I say we're the most studied species on the planet. That was one of the last videos I was told by someone else who watches this from me. <laughs> Let's be know. But it's interesting to see what goes on. But yeah, there's no doubt about it. The people are so fed up, you know, fed up, completely fed up. A whole year where the impossible happened. You can't have a, a pandemic coming out with martial law, emergency powers at the same time. At the same time, where certain groups are allowed for a good part of the year to go around the country burning and looting and killing on occasion too with impunity. And the police were told to stand down by mayors and... Uh, and governors of the of different U.S. states, and people aren't arrested and so on. Come on here, but a, a few folk bust through, or are allowed through. I won't use it. They were allowed into the into the the building in D.C. on January the sixth, and and that's a mob. That's a riotous mob. Hey, really? Okay. And the media, uh, the media headlines were already out before the night was over. That was that also tells you it was all planned in advance, you see. But the followers don't know that. The whole intention was to demonize the majority of those people who were so sick of the incredible, very apparent corruption that had gone in on during the whole election process. That's one thing, you know. And lockdown, all their business is gone for a lot of people too permanently, eh? So what we got now is that anyone who speaks about anywhere we're talking about here, about election fraud, it's out the window. And it won't even be mentioned anymore. All those folks are, are labelled as conspiracy theorists and crazies and just desperate white mobs. So all those decent, decent citizens are, what an intelligence operation, completely smeared, eh? completely smeared because of what was obviously a set-up for even for the photographers to be waiting to get inside the building to take the shots and so on. Yeah. And demonize a whole lot of them as, as terrible people, you know. 
And that's, again, it shouldn't be a surprise to, to anyone. It should not be, you know. But I, and even, and I feel sorry for the folk who really believed in Trump. I really do. Because he told them that he'd, he'd meet them down there and he didn't turn up there. If you hadn't said that, uh, I don't think most of them would have even gone down to the building. And they'll never know. They'll never know if it was all, if he was in on the setup or not. They'll never know. And why not being in, in the setup? Why not? I've said before, see, the whole point, even during the Bush reign, at one point, it was, and, I, and some of the folk in the mainstream media mentioned at the time, it was almost as they said back then, eh? Through the end of the 90s and early 2000s, it was almost as though, judging from all the things that were happening, that someone was manipulating events so the public would get so sick of government as it stood and might accept a new form of, again, expert guidance as a new type of government. That's what they said. And here you're getting it floated again, where even ex-communists, real Soviet-type communists, are looking at America and saying, is America bringing in a new form of communism? Well, that's what technocracy is, ruled by experts. It didn't work out for them, but that was the, that was the facade that they actually lived under. Then they got dominated by another group altogether, of course. It's just amazing to watch what's happening. It truly is. doesn't surprise me, though. And I've watched the Pied Pipers for years. I gave talks back in the 90s and the 2000s. Beware the Pied Pipers, because I knew what they'd do. Intelligence agencies set up your leaders. All different, they look at all the different fragments of society or facets of society in any cultural group and so on. They divide them all up, and, they, and they'll supply you with the bloggers, and, and they're all well-funded folks. And you follow them. And they must give you factual stuff that you're all chatting about to be had to have credence. And then they'll take you off into weird tangents at times. That's when you're going to watch. Next thing you know, you're over the cliff with them, you see. They'll still survive, but you won't. (laughs) This is what they've done across the world in color revolutions. And when you're using soft power color revolutions, it can take maybe 10 years to set up one area for toppling, yeah? for for the big one, you know? to bring in the hard power, etc. Sometimes twenty years. That's how you do it. That's how the intelligence system works. But one thing is for sure: the deep state in the states in the U.S. doesn't want to go ever go back to anything that used to be uh, for sustainability. That's the excuse. Eh? You, you can't live like you couldn't. Cons- you can't consume like you used to consume. And you're not going to go back. They're not going to let you go back to manufacturing again either. And they're not going to turn their back on China because that is that was set up to be the manufacturer, obviously, for the whole planet. <laughs> Everywhere you go, everything's made in China. And we funded it all through the free trade agreement with China, and we made it the most most uh, favoured trading nation status country. They got all the perks, all the all the breaks, didn't to pay taxes for selling sending your stuff into into the world. Uh, you waived all the fees for import duties and stuff for them, all their products. You, you actually funded the, the, the financing for the postal system so you can get stuff right from China very, very cheaply because the taxpayers in the first countries 
that pay for the so-called emerging nations pay for all that. That's why it's so cheap. Haven't you figured in? Have you, haven't you been curious? Hmm? And most folk haven't, eh? That's sad, because you're, you're trained to listen to that hypnotic junk box called television, that hypnotic thing that carries you off into a realm of fantasy all the time and sex and pornography and excitement and depression and every, all that stuff through their dramas. And, and, with, and through it all they scattered the heavy indoctrination of your politically correct updates, you see. You update yourself just like a computer. Did you know that good people think this? Did you know that bad people think that? It happens all the time, over and over. Now, no one wants to be counted. No one wants to be counted as bad people, do you? Oh no! You feel guilty actually. Well, great techniques of inducing guilt in you. So eventually, you'll, you'll say, "Gee whiz, you know that, that that got to me. That maybe I'm a bad person. I don't want to be counted as one of the bad ones. I want to be good." So you give up your own impressions and observations. That, that, you've, that took years of rational thinking to, to even build up in the first place. But you can't have those conclusions anymore because you're in a condition of flux. Once you're in, in big change, this is the century for change, remember. The whole century has a whole agenda, that whole agenda 21 in sections divided up into you know, 2015, 2013, and so on, uh, all the way through to the end of the century. But, and they've got so much to accomplish at the end of each little block, you see. And they publish it, they tell you, we want to have this done by 2030, you know. And we don't want any more automobiles to be in the road that are internal combustion engines by 2030. And we don't want your input, you do what you're told. <laughs> so they would all survive, sustainable. You know. They publish all, this, this, this isn't conspiracy theory, you, you look into it, you know, look, look into the agenda for the 21st century. Yeah. You'll find the United Nations, they also had the Millennium Report, that was Agenda 2, and, and they and incorporated that into it as well. And you look into the, before that, the Rio Summit from Maurice Strong, who was the front man for Rockefellers at the time. It's all drafted up for me to present it, Rio Summit, for Biodiversity and Sustainability. And you've been living through it your entire life, and you don't even know. You think society just stumbles along by itself, and and just blossoms here and blossoms there, and goes to weeds here, and you know you think that every part of it is completely funded and directed and produced into being. It doesn't happen by itself. The terminology you'll use is a change of vocabulary. It's all given to you, and you adopt it very quickly, and you repeat it very quickly, and to be trendy, and uh, on you go. Until eventually, just like Orwell says in 1984, you won't be able to, to even have any counter-revolution, you see, to the revolution that's still underway. You're living through a perpetual revolution here by the same people, folks, as they go, just move into to just say, hey, we're, we're, we really are in the seats, and it's rather obvious now, you know. But that's how it's done. So Orwell said in 1984, yeah, well, yeah eventually, the, we're, we're working on the dictionary, the new dictionary is that thick, and this one's this thick, it's much, half the, half the thickness, and 
Oh, I see, brother. He says, eventually, when, when we don't have the words to use, we can't really convey thre- uh, revolutionary thoughts. So revolution is obsolete, you see. Because you can't convey anything anymore. And you're seeing it being done all over and over and over again. Until folk can hardly talk to each other at times, you know. Texting doesn't help either, hey, does it? Ay, ay, ay. But anyway, perception management. And I can't really, I can't say enough about the really unconventional warfare techniques that are used very openly now. And I'll tell you another thing, they're so slick that the ones who've led you along the garden path will still be going when, when the rest of you are all losing your platforms and going under. It's happened already a few times, and this isn't, it's going to happen this time again. You always know. <laughs> you always tell. I really mean it. So yeah, that's what happened in January 6th, was they successfully got people to, to go into that building. They already had people championed in the front to go into it. The rest of them followed in, a lot of them followed in too. Not, not, not that many as they try to make out to be. And that's all across the... So all these rebel rebels, they're all rebels and, and, and mobs. And before midnight hit, that was already in the newspapers, you know, probably pre-set up. And, and, and now there'll be no, no contention of any votes, and, uh, and that's out the window. The one thing that they had going for them was the fact that no one had... No judge had gone over the votes, even looked at the evidence. They just gave verdicts without even evidence, looking at evidence. And so that, that was successfully eliminated. That's, that's intelligence agency work, that, you know, that's how it's done. So anybody who, who mentions, that, oh, you're one of these crazy, crazy nutcases, radicals, you see, conspiracy theorists. All those thousands of decent folk there, you know, and families. Who've watched their, their livelihood going down the drain, like like as under any war. This, as I say, this couldn't have been done even. It was never done in any previous war, shutting down the economy. That's you're conquered if you put up with. That's true. You, you are conquered because they're not going to bring it back, folks. And they've said that. The World Economic Forum has said it. The Club of Rome has said it. That this is a, the greatest opportunity using COVID the, 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 for pushing through all the sustainability. No business will be allowed to open up unless it can fulfill criteria for sustainability, meaning the green agenda. You know, well, you know, how much does it cost to make the things that you're? Is it really ne- look? You're already hearing the term. Is it necessary to, to sell toys, for instance? Well, you know, that's that's not really sustainable, it's not essential. And you heard this word essential, you're an essential business, not an essential business, etc. This is the whole super agenda coming down the pike. And you're living through it. And I hope lots of you have enough memory not to be fooled by the same characters again. I really would wish that. I watched from the 90s government's reactions just just by the news to things that were happening in the States. The folk who were objecting to losing their land grazing rights as an example, you know. And it was put forward as almost like um, common law. 
because all law generally, is, unless it's from a dictator at the top, all law really supposedly starts as common law, but it was customary, and then put into books. The customary is put into books. That was common law. And of course, they lost that all in England long ago in the times of Walter Raleigh and Queen Elizabeth I when they brought in the Enclosures Act and the folk couldn't use the common lands that were theirs for the grazing and growing their own food. Don't forget the serfs had to produce most of the food for the lords who sold the stuff, you see. And the money went up to the king as well, uh, all, the, all the money from produce and so on. So the folk literally never had enough to, left to eat themselves, you know, and, and for their workers that worked with them and their families or their, or their animals if they still had them. And so they had the common lands to, to grow for their own food, you see. And they certainly did have, in the time of uh, Queen Elizabeth I, uh, all these knights getting made sirs, you see, or folk getting made sirs, aristocracy. They're really, they were pirates mainly. The Walter Raleigh's and Francis Drake's and characters like that, they were pirates. That, they robbed the Spanish who were bringing the gold in from the Americas. And they robbed them, that's what he did. It's much cle- Again, it's very clever. Again, intelligence agencies at work, eh? why do all the work yourself and go ev- over to the to the countries in Latin America and have to fight through jungles and stuff and and fight fight the local natives uh, and then take the gold back. Why don't just let the Spaniards do it and we'll just waylay them on the way home and rob all their stuff? That's what they did, folks. That was it. That's how all, all this sir stuff re- was reinvented, the, the, that, that type of medieval type, sir. And uh, it was all appointments by the, the king or the queen because they helped fill the coffers, the treasury, a portion for you, a portion for me. It was pure grand theft. And that's what London was, was built on, grand theft. Of other countries, every country, every country was sick of them. They kept, you know, robbing the French and robbing the Spaniards and yada, yada, yada. So eventually, Walter Raleigh got a, a, you know, his knighthood from the Queen for plundering. And so she gave him a lot of the common land that, that uh, the diggers, they called themselves the diggers, had moved on to. The, these were the folk trying to get back to using the common land because they were starving, you see. And so they, she gave a lot of the land that they had and they'd worked on, we, you know, got their stuff in and they put their fertilizer in and made it good soil. She gave it, she awarded it to Walter Raleigh. That was common land, but she awarded it to him. And that was pretty well the end of it there. Now they're still doing the same in the States. So you had common grazing lands and so on. And a lot of work went into that to create the laws to allow that to happen in the states, uh, common grazing and water rights too. As you, you see, the old cowboy movies they did have wars to do with water rights, and some nefarious characters would try to monopolize the water and, and turn it off from neighbors or who also had cattle or whatever. And that, that's the nature, the the, the, nefarious, the the bad nature of humanity, you know. But uh, it eventually had other agreements worked out from common law into real law. And then, of course, the 90s, they started taking the land back by the state, was just going to go after it by different agencies that appeared long after the Constitution. So everybody knew things were changing quickly. And, we, and all the rumors were there, too. It just wasn't efficient enough, this governing system. And, and they, it'd be much better if we had a, a type of wartime scenario because then people will do what they're told. The Green Party head of the UK said that at one point, too. She said it was nostalgia for the blips in London when folk would almost go into starvation because they were starving with the rationing at the time. And they were very obedient and all pulled together and worked together and 
for the greater good, etc. So this is what you've got with all this COVID uh, down the pike. Big changes. In any war scenario, we have massive changes, like quickly said. It would take you 50 years to persuade the people to go along with them, using massive indoctrination through schooling for a generation or two. And getting Because every generation is prepared for, for what they want you to use you for, including the belief in veganism, and that was all prepared and worked on into the children. And everything else, and even turning against them, their, their parents, uh, it's all prepared. It takes twenty to thirty years to, to get to, for a whole one to, to grow up and to be little warriors for the for the elites. <laughs> they don't know it themselves. I think they, they think they're they're fighting against the system. They're used to get news by it, and uh, it's pretty well complete. And, and there's just too few people really who are aware of this. Who can even have time, I guess, to even or even bother to have time to say to their children, "Look, this is." I know this is what you're getting taught in school. Here's another side of the story. You know. You might not understand it now, but one day you will. When certain events happen, you'll start to maybe start thinking for yourself and realizing that the all is not where how it's portrayed by your indoctrination. You know? That's how things really are done, you know. But most folk never figure it out to go through, along with it. I used to say that the worst thing we ever had done to us it was similar to them, a movie as subs. It was like the vision in a movie. Of the prof- of prophecy with Christopher Walken, I think it was it, and uh, they had a picture at the end, I think the last one of of they're trying to raise Lucifer up, uh, who was kind of uh, done. He was he was kind of kind of like the vampire. You see him just, just like like a, a skeleton system at the end, defeated. So they wanted to, to revive him up. These fallen angels were going to revive him, and uh, with blood and all the usual stuff. And up comes Lucifer, and underneath them is just mountains of these bodies from generation. And I thought, that's the generations of people, you see. Most of them lived and worked and died and even fought for the systems their entire lives, generations. But they never knew the truth on most of it, of what the real reasons for what the suffering they went through their lives, the real reasons for the wars, the real reasons for financial collapses, and who plundered them and used them, and so they never knew, and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I, I warned for years about getting used by leaders. Don't, don't follow the pied pipers that are presented to you. It's so sad to see them doing it. They supply them in Britain. They supply them in the U.S. They have them in Canada now too. Just again, just like the bloggers, it's out of nowhere, financial backing and so on. Not all of them, but a good bunch of them. And you could never put things together. And if one person worked in a day to even supply uh, an hour, two hours, three hours per day. Uh, and with all the video, and so, you know, it's all done, obviously. It's, it's teams that put all that stuff together. One person just couldn't do it. I know this for a fact. I mean, when I was on every night of a week of the week on, on radio, and I did it myself. And I meant I get from eight in the morning till the show at night, eight p.m. I just worked and scoured the world for stories and articles and verified them, and so. And that was audio. That was just audio. And that was burnout time. Believe you me, just just that. So you're giving your leaders, and yeah, they'll grab everybody else's stuff and they'll. Have credence because they know what you're chatting about and what you're thinking and all the rest of it. But they've got to have a bigger display, and 
And if you follow them, you, you're going to get done in. And, and if, if, at the very least, you'll just run in circles, wasting your life and getting used again. Many years ago, many, many years ago, I said, look, you are your own champion. Don't look for champions. You are your own champion. And to be your own champion, you have to start taking back your own responsibilities as a human being with the right to say and think and do. doesn't mean you have to go around harming others, but you can certainly think and say and do. And it would always mean not going along with the crowd. Most folk always take, and they know this at the top, they've, oh, you wouldn't believe the countless books in psychology they have out there. Countless books in behaviorism for controlling people. It's, it's disgusting, really, that the folk don't know this. How he use you right down to the bitter end, how he wring you out till you're broken, and then tell you that something else caused it all, and, and, and literally do it so, so well that you'll believe them. Mm. Psychopaths rule, eh? And they really do rule. There's no doubt about it. And you'll also see and I, uh, the people who, um, a lot of people who, who sat in the wings with Trump and say, oh, yeah, yeah, Trump, and they pushed him and pushed him. And the bigger it shows, you'll see that. It turned quickly, very slickly again, because they still try to save some credence for themselves so they can still operate, you see. And back off as though he's a hot potato. And that's all you heard from some of them for years was Trump, Trump, Trump. Because now they know. Well, they all knew it beforehand. The ones who were in with the intelligence agencies, if not part of it themselves. That this, what's to happen now is that the left goes on a rampage with their war of terror. They always have a war of terror. You know, the red menace, the red terror. After the ones have taken over. And the excuse, they created the excuse, now they're going to use it. Even though it was a con, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't thousands of people participating in storming the capital. They may have visited it, but they weren't storming it. But uh, that's, that's, that's going to be the mantra from now on. And then they can let loose and go after it. Anybody who's, who just speaks out about anything now is completely prefabricated intelligence workings that's going on here right now. No doubt about it. As blatant as could be. But to see, as I say, some of the people backing off uh, immediately, because they know this, uh, that they may be targeted next, uh, trying to distance them. So it just, it's, it's rather sad. It's kind of disgusting to see folk looking after themselves and their big incomes, some of them. It is sad that, you know. But again, it's human human nature. It's all been done before, remember. you you got to, again, go back to the revolutionary era of, uh, of the late 19th century and the early 20th century. And what happened in Russia is an example. Then all the countries that followed suit, copied using that model. And what you go through, it really is what a lot of people are going through at the same time. Back then, watching their own country getting taken down within with outside force coming in big time from Britain and Germany with masses of money 
and experts who've been trained in the US mainly to go in as revolutionaries and to lead the other people. You see, they already had other ones for the soft power in three universities training them to be dissatisfied and ready to join the revolution and, and all work together. That's how you do it. That was, remember what Albert Pike said. I'll say this over and over. <laughs> Albert Pike, remember, he was head of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, but he also, at that time, they'd had no problem talking about being part of the World Revolutionary Party. And he, he is, is next in command, he trained and, and gave, you know, gave the nod to, was Mazzini, who went over to Europe again as the Rev- World Revolutionary Party member. Eventually, after Mazzini, they changed the name of uh, the, the Bolshevik Communist Party you know, and Collectivist Party to that whole, bun- whole bunch of them all in, in the, the early Russian system before they called it the, the, the Soviet Union because there was really two kind of revolutions on the go at the time one after the other but the Bolsheviks took it over at the end they jumped over the, all the ones they'd used very quietly and took it over and they ruled, as it was intended to do from the beginning, as far as I can see, you know. And you, you, you're almost at the stage, you see the same kind of thing happening in the States, where masses of people are being used to bring in a system that they think they know and understand, but they've been lied to. It's not what they think is, is, is at all. But you'll see it if they go after a purge and a reign of terror. We're already under a reign of terror under martial law. This is a war of terror. The, the, the terror has been put across the media, by the media and everybody to terrorize the public. It's a war of terror by media so far. But they might start stepping it up. And unfortunately, like every concept before, the police and every country, and often the military too, if you get them young enough and they've been indoctrinated enough, and this, this generation has been, a lot of them, <laughs> will be quite happy to serve the military against their own people. 20 years. See, all it takes is a 20 years period to indoctrinate the generation, to, to hate their parents. You're responsible for the mess of the world. They'll really believe the earth's falling apart and dying. Incessant propaganda through education, you see. So Mazzini and, and Pike said it, we, we, never, we never start a premature revolution. It takes years to plan it, to make sure that everything's going to work and all the different func- fact- factions of it will interlock flawlessly, you see, at the right time, click, click, next, next part, click, click. That's how it's done. You just, you know, and, and that's where people who, who really still think <laughs> um, of revolution, the revolution has been happening for, through 2020, has been on the go for a while inside America. And it's, it's, it's from the elite who already rule you, it's their revolution. It's a continuation of their revolution. This is part two, maybe. And uh, and after the, uh, January the 6th is, is part three, but it's, it's the same folk running the same revolution, which they call progressive. And it's to progress eventually into technocracy, expert rule. And from birth to death, you'll be managed by experts. Every one of you will get personally um, be advised by experts on how to, what they think, what they, what they believe, what they do. Um, you won't have any problems for yourself. Some folk will love it because socialism will, will save you from thinking and making decisions for yourself, you know.
And you'll love it as long as they need you. If they don't need you, they won't, because they really believe in efficiency. And excess population is, to them is not efficiency. And always remember the difference between a rebellion you see, and revolution. Rebellions generally happen when, when the system the folk are living in has had something new added to it. Not completely changed, but something added. It could be a tax, it could be anything. And tell the folks, we can't survive any longer with it. Now with this extra tax, and have a rebellion about it. This is generally called rebellions, you see. I think the first thing after the U.S. Revolution, American Revolution that they had was the whiskey tax, and they had the whiskey rebellion, they call it. Folk really fought, thinking that you wouldn't have all these taxes of Britain and all the rest of it, but their own government did the same things once they got in, because the government they had then too, I think, I really do think this, by the way, uh, was um, a bit more clandestine than, than, than the history books tell you of who they were and what they were all about. This is my opinion, just from studying. But they certainly understood what, what gov- how governing uh, people was done. But they also wanted massive taxation to pay for the loans that supposedly, this is the excuse they give you, that they'd incurred mainly from France. Uh, during the revolutionary days, they were getting loans from France all the time. Benjamin Franklin was pocketing a lot of it too, by the way, and and you probably know that if you if you've read the different uh, histories of the times, and that's why he was banned himself from getting any political appointment when he came back from France, and that's why his son Temple was refused entry into any civil service position. But that's by the by getting back to the point, they had the whiskey rebellion from a tax introduced on the people who were making the booze. And interesting enough, uh, there are threads of the same things with rebellions or revolutions, and the folk end up running the booze industry in, in all the countries. It's quite fascinating to, to study it, you know, because liquor is so, such an important drug, isn't it? it, it it's it, across the world, it's, made, it's used socially, as they call it, social, a social drug, you see. It doesn't make you just go fall asleep like cannabis can often do people until very little conversation can take place. Uh, it allows people to still converse and really uh, participate in conversations or arguments. And the mind, until they get to the final stages of being completely inebriated, but during a, a, the warm-up period, it'll break down social barriers to an extent. And, but allow conversations still to take place and uh, memory of the conversations. So it, 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 it's, that's why it was always pushed. People, uh, every country in the world really had it, some kind of, of alcohol. Even in Africa, they, they didn't have breweries, but they made their own booze. And I think one of the movies called Tribes, they, they actually showed you uh, them getting honey from, from inside hollow trees, from, from uh, bees' nests. And eventually using that, and they use spittle from the women. The women use spittle, they chewed the stuff and spat it into bowls, and it fermented it. It fermented the stuff. And, and the guy who was, who was an ex-Special um, Forces uh, soldier doing this, the show uh, drank it. He drank it, you know. So anyway, yeah, every country in the world's used it, so They're very lucrative. And th- that's why it's always to the highest bidders of power. 
Uh, they've been very, they've been very powerful people from the booze industry. It's an amazing drug. Russia has problems with it too, as you might not know if you study Russia before the revolutions and so on. But the U.S. did it. They, they turned on their own people. They didn't want the licensing, so anybody could have their, so that way anybody could really make their own booze and sell it. Who cared? You know, well, the government cared. They wanted that tax, and they got it. And that was their first re- little rebellion, not revolution, but rebellion. So that's what you do with rebellions. You also had the same thing in Britain with the light taxes. Sometimes they call it the light taxes. That was the, the, the nickname for it, really. Where the king was, thought, well, we could, we could actually tax them by the panes of glass they have in their windows. And so, so a lot of the folk, even to this day, if some of the old, old homes in England that are still standing, you'll see that where the windows used to be were completely bricked up. The folk refused to pay it, so they just burned candles inside. And um, to, to get around it, don't forget that Britain, only a few years ago, you know, I don't know if it was ten years ago that they had they had the bedroom tax introduced there. Try to get taxes off the peasantry, the bedroom tax thing. It's just amazing. However, folk think they're free. Yeah, I think they're free. Really, look at the salaries these politicians, and they'll end up millionaires, eh? multi-millionaires, with the best investments and all because they're allowed inside uh, trading and in, insider information trading. Yeah. No one else's, but they they get they, they pass a law in the U.S. so they could do it themselves, and uh, they're serving a higher system than the, the, obviously the public, because there's definitely someone looking after them. You can tell that with them. Look how confident they were all through the Trump administration, the ones that attacked Trump. Never mind the fact. Yeah, there's understand. Uh, if there was a, a benevolent deep state there that that wanted the best for the, all the people. For all the people, right? They'd had to stop the, 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 these fanatics that appeared to be fanatics against Trump. The constant impeachment, constant, constant. With fury, look at those faces, the expressions they had, like utter fury. And, and stalling the country, stalling everything that had to be done. It tells you that the deep state wanted those folk to do that. There was a deep state behind it all. And they knew it, that's why they could continue like that. Otherwise, they'd be petrified the public might turn on them. They weren't afraid of that. You get all the clues just of observing it all, of something much bigger, don't you? And the connections between the different players involved. But the confidence was unmistakable. This is the deep state system. Obviously, obviously. As I say, Trump really, I said over and over, Trump really isn't there for Americans. Trump should do this, Trump should do right to the bitter end, these characters, different characters, we're, we're pinning everything on Trump. Astonishing. And he, 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 everybody who helped him before, under the bus. Everybody who, who <laughs> just under the bus. Maybe the good things he did, the, the thing, or things weren't, some, maybe just good by chance or accident, I don't know. Was that he? He didn't put the boot, the American boots on the ground in Syria. He, definitely, he kept that group in the north of Syria. Yeah, well, to keep the oil fields, you know, just keep stealing the oil from the oil fields there. But he didn't uh, finish off some of the countries on the list. You see, by using American forces. That's why so many were angry. 
the list has got to be accomplished and finished for the bosses. Oh, no. You know. Under Obama, he was congratulated by Rumsfeld and Neocon from the Bush administration that went through all the wars from 9-11. Who was there? Who helped draft up the thing for the, for the list of crimes to be taken out? And he congratulated Obama for, for continuing the wars and expanding them to more wars. Then <laughs> yeah. Bush came along and he, he didn't seem so enthusiastic about it. Yeah. That, that's what really turned it all against them. But at the end here, there's no doubt about it. So it, it has all, the, all the, the markings of an operation, intelligence operation. I'll be at the building, I'll meet me down there and they all go down. Uh, you have groups that smash in, and in the front, there's, there's other ones behind them that follow that are not Antifa. And then they all get blamed, you see. Tars the whole, thousands of thousands of folk outside all got tarred with it. Very successful operation, with the media ready when the action is planned across the planet. And again, I hope, I really, I wish, I would like, <laughs> it won't happen though, because it's so slick and so perfected that folks will wisen up to the characters who help bring this upon on you, who will still have platform, their own platforms, as everybody else follows them, gets deplatformed. <laughs> And, and they'll come out smelling roses because it's so slickly done with, by the, with the producers. But you know, these are t- intelligence operations. I hope you understand it. I hope you understand this. It doesn't mean that everybody in it has to, and, and, and even some of those stations has to be part of it. They, they don't have to even know it, but they'll go along with it all. But the ones who run it all at the time set up, yeah, of course they know all. They present you with your leaders. Eh? I'll tell you another thing. I've watched it for years. The, the different things it set you up for. The things that get you banned of social media. It's, it's obvious. Some of them I won't even bother mentioning, right? But when they come out with, and they've already told you the rules on YouTube and so on, right? that anybody talking about 5G is going to get banned. So out, they, they bring out their operatives that they promote 5G. Oh, and, for, and it doesn't matter if it's right, true or false, it doesn't matter. They bring out their operatives, you see, the big ones. The rest of them follow on, they part it off. They all fall over the edge of the cliff and lose their platform. Their platform. The ones who told them all are still on the go. That's what happens. Or it's like rampant paedophilia. Rampant, and another motive topic, they all jump on a bandwagon. And if they, unless you can prove it personally, what you're saying, you get sued rotten, you see, and you're deplatformed again. Folk keep falling into the same traps. The same trap. You've got to understand that what you're living through is a war. It's a total war. Total. Complete information spectrum dominance. Total war. And that they have multi-thousands of operatives just in the cyber world alone, like the 77th, 77th Brigade in Britain. Look at the articles in the newspapers about them. That's just that part. Canada has them. We bring them in and fight. We hire them for Canada, into Canada. And the U.S. has them too. They're all used in the color revolutions too, these people. And, and then again, the same newspapers are telling, they're using them all against their own populations now. 
for under the guise of saving you from disinformation from COVID. You know, anybody with any contrary views or even questions is getting banned. And people are in shock. Say, oh, you mean we don't have freedom on the internet? Well, where did you get that idea? Where did you get it? Eh? Ay, 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 I tell ya. Remember going to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com before I forget again. And you can see how to get a few bucks to me. The ways are used through PayPal, even personal check. Uh, some countries still have um, international postal money orders to Canada. The States doesn't anymore. And uh, MoneyGram still works. And some people just send cash. You can send cash. You can try that. So go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Remember that look at my sites listed on my site, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Take a note of all the, the, the my official sites in case one goes down. And hopefully you can still get me rambling along down through a little bit into the future, if we're allowed to go that far. We'll see. And if we still can retain our health and all the rest of it as we go through this. And and and, and don't just anything I tell you, look up yours. I, I give the links to the topics that I talk about of the articles that I read here. I don't just go around in a, in a circle. You'll notice a lot of, of the main sites. This is another little clue. You'll see uh, an article is taken from maybe a, a, a mainstream newspaper or a magazine or something. And then, then so when you click on it from a site or somebody's website, it'll take you back to, to the article, but it'll be their name on the, on the site again. And it's just their name everywhere you go. Have you noticed that? Rather than having 10 different newspaper uh, links with the newspapers it's there. This is the so and so. This is the so. No, no. They'll actually have it their own, their own, like, like, um, say, Galaxy News, put it that way. If that was the website, right? Galaxy News. And, and you, you punch it up and it's dated to Galaxy News with the article from mainstream. It's another little clue that's not quite what it seems to be. There's many little clues that you'll get, you know, many. But we've introduced certain things that are going to get, get you put on. You have to see it as a battlefield. This is a battlefield. And if a general was, was in a hill looking over at the battle, he would see, yeah, there's a pedophilic group down there. You have to ignore that at the moment when the big battle's going on over here. Why would you dilute all your strength and your mind and your energy for one little bit down there somewhere, right? Where if you do that, you'll lose the whole battle over here, the, the big battle, yeah. Do you understand? I've watched these techniques getting used over and over. It's just incredible. And that's the first little thing that my antenna goes up and I say, oh, well, here they go. Mm-hmm. So don't fall into the traps. Especially emotive, highly emotive traps. They're, they're deliberate, you see. Don't get angry and full of rage because you'll lose it the battle again. And you'll be led along the garden path once more, you know. And when someone starts yelling about whatever it is going to be, don't join a mob thinking that somehow they, because you're used to them or, or they pretend to be a leader, is going to, is going to do it for anything for your, your safety or, or for your good or for what they tell you. Because everything that happens in life is from your own self, for goodness sake. Back to you being your own champion. You have to speak up 
and say what you think. You have to do it. You know? But that always gives you your leaders. I get so fed up saying that. That's what they did across Syria, Iraq. They've done it many times across Iran. <laughs> As they try to overthrow them over there. And parts of Africa, but they always supply the leaders. And these guys go in, sometimes they'll spend uh, a year, two years, sometimes ten years setting up the operation. And there'll be maybe 500 of them scattered across a small country. All bloggers and so on, or social activists, or they'll go in and start little work groups at universities to get students interested. And often they'll go in even discussing geography. Let's discuss geography. You get used to the students, they like you, they're trained how to win folk over, folks. Highly trained. And then once they like them, and they start to mention it a little, how is your country doing anyway, you know? And I understand you're not too happy with this present leader. and. That's how you, and then before you know it, they've got little groups, little cells worked up, and uh, and they're, they're passing out information. They can't do it through electronics; they do it through written. I mean, uh, they're pamphleteers. You see, and the U.S. has been doing this across the world for years and years and years, <laughs> and it's, now it's back home, and you've witnessed it for a whole year, and most folk haven't realized what they're witnessing. Hmm? Groups that can be switched on and off when they want them. Where do you think that comes from? Right? If they were just low-level uh, agitators, you, you couldn't just switch them off like that. They take orders from above. And you've already you've already had the threats from some of those in the Democrat Party, the Conservative Liberals, who've said that oh, these riots won't stop when the election, the next election comes along. In other words, they're threatening you to let them loose again when it suits them against the targets that they've authorized to be targets. This is what they're telling you. I hope you're realizing what you're hearing. This is your color revolutions. Yeah, there'll be a lot of dumb followers who'll do the dirty work and they'll take the consequences if need be. But the ones who lead them all are not perfectly well aware of what they're up to, what they're, what they're doing, what they're there for. They know, yeah. A lot of these guys, by the way, are, are ex-special forces. Young guys, eh? They'd only do it maybe a year or two. And special forces. You know, about training and how to infiltrate. That's what you special forces. Britain was the progenitor of the whole thing. The special forces, really, with the LRDG groups in World War Two for the deserts. But again, they had operatives like Lawrence long before that for World War One, And they went in. Uh, as civilians, uh, pretending to be civilians and just businessmen and start newspapers up and foment dissent and pretend just to be reporting news when they're actually behind the, the fomenting the news, you see, creating the news. And unfortunately, again, uh, with modern, uh, I can remember when they changed, suddenly changed uh, the tactics for the, for the NATO countries into creating more small groups of special force operatives in Britain. And, and that. But they also said there'd be long-term engagements. So they would be doing multiple sorties, multiple tours, as they call them, tours. And they would take lots of drugs. But they also said that they would step up the, 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 their uh, psychological uh, testing for them because they wanted more psychopathic types. 
so the old the older kinds they still have, still have some morality in them. We get weeded out because you want the mercenary type that kind of enjoys playing games on people, and it, right down to having them slaughtered at the end. You know, they kind of enjoyed it, and so they, they they got more and more of the psychopathic types, and this is what they wanted for NATO, unfortunately. And the older the older members of those groups didn't like that at all. But they had no say in the matter because now you're in a system that's that isn't the old kind of warfare. You don't need propaganda and justice on your side to, to be a good operative anymore. Because now you would know darn well that it had nothing to do with justice. It was to do with other other reasons. In fact, you wouldn't even care as a mercenary what it's all about. You go in, you do the work, and you play the, the, the people for suckers. You foment revolution inside. You have them fighting each other. You'll dress like them and start bombing their own, and you'll blame it. Other folk get the blame for it. It's all set up as people. That's how they operate. Unfortunately, it's true. And that type, they have no type, no problem about it. They, they have no problems. In fact, they they get off eventually on on using people, manipulating people, to getting folk to, into their confidence in their countries, using them right down to even having them as pawns in the game for slaughter at the end. That's, that's unfortunately the truth of it. That's how it works. And much of the past has been pretty well fiction, to be honest with you, including the reasons for major things happening that end up taking stripping all your rights from you. Another thing, too, is that the spontaneous acknowledgement of those in the Republican Party of uh, a clear win for Biden uh, it took time to prepare and bribe off a lot of people. That's how everything is done at that level. You, you've even seen it in movies. It's like old tactics where people will hold out until they get a better briber or a better guarantee of up, going up in higher positions in politics and so on. And that's why they'll hold out once in a while. But you can see the deals were all cut before midnight. Even came before that day even came along. Even the six came along. They said January, with those in the Republican Party that literally had never given support to Trump all along anyway, because long before Trump, uh, these guys were obviously to tell off the world and people in the states too. Definitely fakes. They're all plants. You must always have the appearance and. The, the, the modern system of democratic voting. You must have always have the appearance of parties that can have, have sparring matches occasionally. Uh, that's how it's presented to the public. Oh, the two-party system is the best in the world, you know. But they're, they're all on board with the same agenda. Didn't start now. Then they've all, they've all, look, look at the Bush senior group, the, the, the old Daddy Bush, they call him. And he, he gave his New World Order speech to the television. None, not one single reporter tried to ask him or even tell the public who were not in on the act, you know, what he meant by a New World Order coming into view. Huh? And in it, in that little blip, he's giving the same little quips that, that you, you find coming out of the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, you know, of a new world with equality and all the same old rhetoric nonsense that they, they con the public with. But it's the same kind of thing they're talking about. 
the Great Reset or the New World Order coming into view. Old agendas. And you, you hear talk about occultic groups. Well, these are all, these, the terminology, again, it's shadow terminology, you know. What they do to you is twilight techniques, but using shadow terminology. And it works very well. Old, old systems work very, very well. But not one reporter was going to even bother to tell you what he was talking about. They obviously knew themselves, you know. What's this guy talking about a new world? What does he mean by a new world or come into view, etc., etc.? And then, he, then his son, when his, his son takes over eventually, when it's his time to get put in there, the same kind of thing is part of the same kind of speech, the second New World Order speech. And don't think for it. And it's exactly, it's, it's almost like a Biden time with Bush Jr., you know, who was in it when 9-11 happened. It's like a Biden. It's very similar because the, 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 the media went to town showing you the goofs that he made. And you're supposed to think this guy was running the country. That's really where it was. Isn't it? Same with Biden, same thing. The guy didn't even know where he was half the time. doesn't matter, you see. It's all show business. Everything's scripted for them. The agenda's there, written in stone. They will follow it, you know. If they get off, if they get off the, uh, the agenda that's put forward for their term, uh, then they'll be reminded very quickly. Orally, then. First it's always verbally, and then it's physically, if need be, you know. Folks forget about Ronald Reagan. He started to think that he was the president. And he was going to do amazing, wonderful things. They got off the script. And so they shot him, but they didn't kill him. Just, just to get him back in line. Just wounded him. That's how, he, that's how it's really done. <laughs> You'd even hear his occasionally give a, a, a speech. And again, it's all scripted. That's why I said we should just forget about presidents and prime ministers and just put in the, the script writers who, who don't elect anyway. I mean, they're, they're doing all the work. Just put them in the lot cheaper, you know. And some of them use the same scripts that they've used in other countries. Some of them write for other countries too. But that happened with, with I think it was Canada. There's an embarrassing time at one point where the prime minister in Canada gave the same speech because the, sp- the speech writer had also written it for it to be used in Australia beforehand. It's, it comes out eventually, doesn't it? That's quite something. But it's all show business to the public, and it must seem real and genuine, and it's put across, and they read the dummy board. You won't see it's invisible, eh? That plexiglass thing, it comes up on the screen, just like the sci-fi movies used to show. It's actually there. And they can see the, the writing, and they'll turn left, and you, you would see it more with Trump. He'd turn very much to the right, and he'd stare at it and talk. They'd, they'd go the opposite way to the left and stare, a fixed stare, and read, keep reading. And uh, that, that's, that's the dummy board they read from. All written by the experts, you see. Who really know the agenda, obviously. I think I remember reading, I don't can't remember if it was um, Anthony Hopkins. It may, it may have been him. can't remember. It was an actor who 
who was turned into reading uh, a whole bunch of, or doing a whole bunch of movies sometimes in a year. He definitely had the stature, that, that prominence of Anthony Hopkins, at that level, for instance. But he said that he, he, he trained himself eventually just to, whoever this guy was, this actor, he trained himself eventually just to, 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 to learn the script and, 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 and his lines and say them, you see, even when it didn't make sense to him because they weren't written by him. They sometimes didn't make sense to him. He'd get lost in the, in the, the little... Cause it's, it's all on takes, and each take could be in a different place. You might do a sentence here, they'll jump off to another place for another sentence, and then back, to, back and forth. So, so you get kind of lost in it. But, so it didn't really matter, as long as you remembered the lines and said them with conviction. That's all that mattered. It's very much like politicians. Yeah. That's how it works. In Greece, they, they used to hire orators. You understand? And, and uh, because they were great speakers, they were trained uh, to speak a narration, you see. And they could give great deliveries. So, so whatever the, the politician that was trying to get his point across, uh, he'd say, this is what I want. And the guy would take the information, just, just like the writers do. And they could, today we have teams that will do that often for... For someone, but but back then the orator would take it as an expert, and he he'd put it into a, a proper speech that would stir at the right the point of stirring the emotions, and and be very solemn at certain points, and but with all the proper techniques used to have folk almost crying and perfect deliveries, you know. That's how it was done. We don't have such great performers today. The politicians are, are a dime a dozen. You know that 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 type of classification for a psychopath, which most of them certainly are. But it used to be a great art, you know, and folk would wouldn't mind going to listen to them. Actually, uh, great orators indeed. And the U.S. had them too, like Webster. Eh? Daniel Webster was a, an, an excellent orator, according to the history books. Anyway, a lawyer, and and um, it doesn't matter about his politics. Who cares? I think they're all much the same. However, the skills involved in oratory were well understood and obviously taught to certain people, even then. And he uh, he, he worked for the Congress and the Senate for, for years, different presidents and so on. Uh, but uh, when you read some of his, his speeches, uh, like the second reply to Haynes, that was the classic oratory style. Uh, that was used, again, copied from ancient Rome in the Senate, basically. The same kind of tactics were used in, in Greek tactics as well. As I say, it doesn't matter about their politics, which are often vastly different. Unfortunately, with Webster, he, he, he wanted to run over states' rights, basically expand the federal government's powers over the states, which at that time people really said and, and understood their, their federation as as having the right to secede from any, any state should simply have the right to secede if uh, the, the federal government overstepped its boundaries. Well, once you create a federal government, it's always going to overstep its boundaries. And that's exactly what happened. And that was, that's what happened in ancient Greece as well, and their, their so-called commonwealth at the time. So you understand that the education and the educational system was really excellent in those days. But unfortunately, too, with oratory, people who are really skilled at it can uh, win a lot of arguments, not because of the style of, of their technique. 
as, as you kind of win people over to some extent. And uh, they know how to, to win the argument, not necessarily by using the facts again, all the facts. That's still uh, relevant today as well. I'm getting off the topic again. But yeah, tremendous speeches the guy literally made. And he talked in some great length about the laws that they'd signed and agreements for confederation and and how they could pull out at any time and that was the right to do so, yada, yada. But, but the way he put it across was tremendous. And uh, He was one of their main speakers uh, who, was, who was employed to do it. Today we don't have such great speakers because it's simple deliveries, that's it, you know. And uh, they're taught to, to stand and depose occasionally. In Britain, the politicians, I remember a few years ago, it was the newspapers that, 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 that there was a certain amount of, of grants given to them. It's all taxpayers' money, naturally, to take acting lessons. They would teach them deportment and how to stand and how to gesture, how to you know, shake the head and look like, like they really are feeling grievous about something, whatever happened to be. So they could fool the public, you see. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Fooling the public. But getting back to Ronald Reagan, too, occasionally you'd get off the script and you, you would hear him. It was a live talk. And you hear Nancy in the background sitting there, Ronnie, Ronnie, read the script, read the script, get back on the script. <laughs> and he'd do it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was more realistic, that, I think. But the rest of the time, you'll notice now we're getting deliveries of, of commands now. That's what you are, you're getting. And now you're, in, you're in, into the real authoritarian form of government, or of governance, as they call it. And it's going to get worse and worse. You're going to get brief, stern-faced, obey-or-else type looks, especially with the groups in the States at the moment. And um, it won't be pleasant, a pleasant time to go through at all. And it'll last as long as the people put up with it. It's that simple, isn't it? It really is that simple. And for folk who think they're going to sit back, maybe it'll get better. Well, I, I don't hold it much for that at all because it's not meant to. If you read their scripts, it's not meant to get to any better on your behalf. It really isn't. Um, I think you've got dark days ahead. There's no doubt about it. As America is then remade by the same group that already rule you. They already rule you. With perpetual wars, you know. <laughs> and the U.S. Has, has used the same techniques across the planet to take down cultures. you got to understand everything, that's involved, including pornography, you know. I read the articles years ago from the military magazine in the States when they were talking about the mind has no firewall and how they use it across the world to try to, to alter and destroy the cultures in Islam. And how they would promote, promote the Madonna's types across the world and this and that and the, all the things that... that because, and the, the guy who is, who is definitely an intelligence officer right now, but, but he says it worked here. He's talking about de- destroying cultures. He says it worked here <laughs> in America. Yeah, in the military magazine, eh? So, yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, well, again, what can you say? Most folk just don't understand or know or have memory of things. Even things that happen in their own lifetime, they'll fall in the same trap again, and they'll fall for the same front people that have been deliberately put there years ago, set up years ago by the establishment. Well-funded, the people behind them well-trained to do what they're doing. 
It's astonishing. I really mean that. I mean, I could say an awful, awful lot more, but I don't. I won't. <laughs> I won't say it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I know an awful lot more than I say. There's no doubt about it. But for those who who've been let down so badly, watching their country torn apart for a year inside, feeling helpless when the, when the main political parties backs the things that are happening in their streets. Backs it up, and and they're all sitting at home, told to stay at home because of COVID. As their businesses go down down south, or their or their businesses shut down, or they want to build their employers just pack in or go bankrupt. You you wonder why they're furious. Then they get set up to to do something that was already. How do we get the folk off? How do we smear the people? See, this is the whole point. Today, this is a standard technique in intelligence. You don't debate facts. You smear the people who are making the points, you see. And so you lead them into a trap. You smear them as conspiracy theorists and radicals and mobs, unruly mobs, you see. And then the topic is out the window. The point that you had to make was, this is corrupt, what happened. It's now gone out the window. That's the end of the story. Anybody who brings up will be labelled amongst the riotous, crazy mobs, you know, like the terrorists. Yep. That's a big setup. But I watched uh, some of the people being interviewed by independent news, asking why they were there and what happened. And some of the people were um, pre-volunteers that lost everything. They'd watched what happened to their country in the last year. They saw no future in lockdown. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. And they, and they saw, again, the Democrats backing the terrorists. They were terrorists. When you're burning cities, that's not protesting. That's, that's terrorism, folks. And, of course, most folk don't realize, as I say, that intelligence agencies were leading that. They put the operatives in to lead uh, the groups that were doing the burnings. As I say, they've been doing it across the Middle East for years now. By the U.S. agencies running all. Yeah, the folk were literally in tears watching it when nothing made any sense anymore. And they'd watch, as I say, the, the, the stalling tactic. That's all you had. Was a, it may have been inadvertent on Trump's part. I don't think he really was much of a doer myself. But it was better to have someone that didn't do much war-wise than someone who would <laughs> for a change, eh? Because now you're right back on, on board with uh, the build-up against Iran, and uh, more troops over to finish off Syria. They've still been banging away in Syria. And get all the other jobs done, get, get the list completed, eh? It's lagging behind a wee bit. So they've got to make up for time. And that'll please Rumsfeld and all that crew. They'll still be pan and Obama. Because remember, Obama, folk forget that Obama, when Rumsfeld congratulated him for continuing the wars that they started that the Bush group had started. Obama in the papers said that he went in the mornings and he took delight in picking the targets for the drone strikes. Do you remember that? According to the mainstream news at the time, he literally would pick who was to get blown up that day. A daily chort, the peacemaker, you know, the, the good, the good um, Democrat, you know, the, the people who cared about people, the, 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 the Democrats. 
and folks still think there's a difference. There really is this one system there with a pretense of different parts. They all, they all get the same investments in, in the same organizations. And I can remember in the Vietnam War, when the officer category, when they were in and getting trained, you know, they, they were, when, they, when they were going to leave for Vietnam, they were given the, the right to selective shares in the, in the military complex, napalm bombs and planes and jets and munitions and all the usual stuff. They would get special shares and it all. You know? Same with the politicians, of course. You see, justice only occurs in the human mind. When real terrible things happen, it's a natural, natural, which tells you it is natural. Everybody gets it, and every culture gets it, that this shouldn't have happened, and justice should be done. It doesn't, it never gets done, but you, you have that thing in you. When it doesn't get done, you're not living in the system that you think you're living in. It's completely corrupt. These, these debates happened in Plato's day, you know. What is justice? Is there a justice? Can there be justice? All you can get eventually is just appearance of justice, never the doings of it. But you, 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 you've got utter corruption by psychopaths and huge gangs at the top and deep state organizations doing horrible things on the general publics of every country. The standard technique of special forces today is to get wars going. You get sent in and have sticks of four or eight, you know. And you dress as the, you've been trained to dress in the, in, the, in the garb of the culture you're going in to infiltrate. And they'll plant bombs in places and so on, stir up things and mix. And already have prepared the ground through operatives there, that are generally the native populations, who will come out immediately on cue and say it was the so and sos that it, not not the not the not the, the real insurgents <laughs> that you've sent in, but it, it's so and so that did it, and that's how you get them all fighting each other. And then the group uh, or the country that sent in the special forces to start it all, then say, well, we come in and help you restore order. And this is this is how the game is played. Eh? Carol Quigley with the real histories of the wars. And the group that became the American groups or branch became called the CFR. He had the access to their archives, which gave him access to the British archives for the Lord Alfred Milner group, who ran off. He ran the empire, Milner. Yeah? He appointed a folk in charge of governor, lieutenant governors and lieutenant generals in different countries and so on on behalf of the queen and king. He, he appointed them all. He ran it all. He was a doer. And when they wanted South Africa, according to Quigley, right, he said, the, um, from the Boers, see the Boers, the Dutch people who've been settlers there for years and generations, you find that the, the Milner group, and along with Cecil Rhodes too, you know, and the groups that he represented, wanted the diamonds and gold. And they didn't want these, all these Dutch farmers living on the land, so they said, how do we get them off and how do we end up ruling it? And when we rule it, we'll have to get the British military in to, 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 to police it all, you see, to enforce it. And, and, pay, and the public of Britain to pay for it all. So this, is, this is a standard scam. So Quigley explains it. And he was all for, all, for, for the groups that had made all these things happen up to the present day of the 1960s. You know. But back then in the Boer War, he says, how do you get it going? Well, they sent in a team, just like special forces, the Milner group sent a team in, 
and they attacked the Boers. They also brought in a, a member of the Times of London in newspaper, and it's a woman they brought in, by the way. And, and all in advance, and her job was to write the fake version in advance, before the attacks took place or anything, on the Jameson, Jameson raid. And, uh, and they did raid, raid the Boers, and then they blamed it. And they turned it in the story as that the Boers had attacked the English settlements. It was the other way around. The pre-prepared uh, plan for the, for the media. It was printed in London. And quick, quickly published all this stuff, having access to their archives from the guys who did it, right? And, uh, and sure enough, uh, Britain says, oh, we, we can't just stand by if our folk have been attacked or settlers, so we better send in the military. It, it worked just like dominoes, dup, 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 you see? All planned in advance. That's intelligence agencies at work. That's what you do. And the people who took it over had the, the public in Britain, their taxpayers, paying for the armies there, paying to put railroads in, paying for all the buildings to get put up for the this this British elite that then moved in to rule the diamond and gold industry. All planned in advance. Cause a problem, blame the people you attack as attacking you. How often have you heard that system used recently, or even the last few years, over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and through perception management and the control of the media, you can convince the public back home that oh, that's terrible. And they'll all believe it. Well, that's terrible what those people, those Boers did to the British settlers. And that was in quick one of Quigley's books. So this is how you can understand. You stop following your leaders that they are presented to you. They are. They have tremendous build-ups to give them credibility at the beginnings. Yeah. And big staff behind them. I went through the building up of what was called the history of the U.S., the CIA Patriot Movement, from the 1950s and 60s onwards. And they, they created the, mainly through shortwave radio at the time. And this decided off using Christian groups to, to counter the, the, the atheistic, materialistic propaganda coming from communism. That's the excuse they used. And they set up uh, the Patriot movement that eventually started again and talk about um, the terrible communism and so on and so on. But they never let it. Why would you let, why would an all-seeing eye let go of any facet that worked so well? I, I keep just giving little questions there. You know, I'm, not, I'm not saying get proof or evidence. Just think about it, folks. That's all. Just think about it. Just think about it. But the, the, the techniques we'll use both, both the, are big build-ups to give credulity. And BBC in England, wouldn't, they do it too. They just launch it, in fact, if need be. You know? And they can take all the natural, the natural intelligence that the, the real natives are speaking about <laughs> and then add in little bits and pieces to discredit it. That's how you do it. That's called counterintelligence, for those who don't know. Until folks start part, then, then, then if you start sticking to the basic facts with the evidence and so on, uh, newcomers, was, oh, they've heard the big ones because the big ones have heard, be heard everywhere with unlimited financing. Then they'll say, Oh, you're one of those crazy people who believe in blah, blah, blah. You know, I say, No, that's so and so. You always know who they're talking about. 
That's counterintelligence. That's how you. That's how you, you you ridicule real real intelligence, which you're preaching as intelligence. Counterintelligence must ridicule it. You see, counter it, which neutralizes it until everybody is. Uh, oh, you're into mass mass pedophilia rings all through your government, eh? Say, I don't mention that. Oh yeah, yeah, you probably are the same as so and so. Don't mention the name of, of of the big prominent one that they're listening to. You know. All these horrible things happen, but not the extent they're telling you. But, but that's that's how it's done, folks. You know, you got to start making your own leaders or being a leader yourself, and stop looking for other people who are already made for you to lead you down the garden path, time after time after time. And whatever you set up, even for small groups, just for your own intelligence sharing, you guarantee you're going to get infiltrated. So, yeah, you'd be on the lookout for it. And you'll, you generally smell infiltrator. You can smell, there's a smell to, to, the, to the aura of them, you might say, as they play the game of being friends and all that, you know, and, and so on. Sad that you can't live a, a real normal life, isn't it? But, you, but here's the thing, you can't have a normal life, can you? When governments have huge agendas, they do what they're told by their bosses way above them, by the people who, who put them in power, not, not you that you think you elect them. They're serving higher higher characters above them, and they put them in place very quickly if they get off the beaten track, you know. They're all blackmailable, and that is true, you know. The Epstein thing, thing whole, whole debacle shows you the, the, the lens of these honey traps and the incredible financing behind them by governments and so on and agencies. And so many, especially folk who go into politics, they are completely corruptible. <laughs> they, they, they really are folks. They want power and they, they crave applause and esteem. They're worse than actors and actresses. They really are, you know. Actually, they used to be classified as attention-seeking psychopaths in amongst the actors and actresses. And barmaids, remember, too, was, was also there, the one who can be charming to every customer that comes along, but she's really psychopathic and very manipulative, you know. She likes to get, to get uh, everybody drooling over her, you know. Because when the folk are drunk, she doesn't matter what she looks like, she'll look beautiful. You know? <laughs> and she gets all her personal data. But she's a she's attention-seeking psychopath. But that's what the politicians are. They love applause. They can't stand being out of the limelight, you know. And that little bit of power and people bowing and kowtowing them, they love that. They, they crave that. They'll do anything and get more. And I mean anything, you know. You don't have the old statesmen that you didn't have, they used to have. Who didn't need to go in it for money either, by the way, you know. All that's long, long gone. And the same in Britain. Every scam that you get by politicians with their two and three houses they want the public to pay for, you know. Well, I need this one here and this one there and this one over here. And one female politician some years ago, I remember reading an article, she scammed the folk into paying for about two or three houses. And she also had them even paying for her pornography VHS videos that she'd rent every so often. I mean, everything, everything goes down in expenses, eh? Everything. Mm -mm -mm. 
These are the characters that you think are running the country. They're not running the country. They're definitely groups above them who are running the country, and a lot of countries, but it's not the ones that you see on TV, etc. There's no doubt about it, social media is now to, to be heavily pleased. The things that they heavily debated in the 90s, including Hillary Clinton, I remember it well, because she, she always put herself up in front of these big controversies, and um, she'd be out in, in, as a vanguard. Well, we can't let this happen and that happen when it comes to all the... Uh, will lose control of, of, of media and persuasion and so on and yada. So they talked about it quite openly, lots uh, back then, of the coming wars they'd have to do for for dominance of media, for uni- making uniform opinions, you see, for people. You can't, you, unless you have total domination, you're going to have lots of opinions. Well, you, they don't want that. Uh, that can be dangerous to their, to their agendas, so... They must have unified opinions, you see, and, and including how, how, the ability to terror, to literally point the finger at groups of people and and make enemies of them. You're enemies of the state, you people. And now it's the folk that went to to the the rally, who were so ticked off about the corruption that they've, they've witnessed so heavily for the past year, especially in the voting and losing their jobs and everything. And now they're all getting targeted and smeared, you see. That was all deliberate in advance. How to be smeared, this group, to make them ineffective. You disable them, you see, but they, they have no voice. Unless they make a voice, and that's what they're going to have to do, is make a voice for themselves. And don't depend on the social platforms that are laid out there for you. You've just got to start looking for alternate ways of communication, obviously. In an age where you've, you've never had such a spy system in operation as you have today through all electronics. Remember, look at, you know, it was um, that movie again with the Stasi in East Germany. They had thousands and thousands and thousands of, of folk drawn from the general population spying on everybody else. It's in armies of them, literally. Yeah. And even blackmail folk in order to have them spy on people and friends and relatives and stuff. It was incredible operations. That movie was made about them was awfully well done by a person, written by a person, I think he was in the Stasi at one point, and about the Stasi and how they operated, how they set people up, and how they can go into, and they could, and the Soviet Union was the same. The, the KGB operative groups, the special divisions, they would go in and wire up a place. It would take them 10 minutes to wire and completely wire every room with bugs and so on, or cameras and so on. Uh, and you wouldn't know if you, when you went in there. It was, they're so well hidden. And Well, the Stasi was even better at doing all that and unlimited powers to, to, to do with anybody they wanted to do. And they did it with pretty well everybody at one point. And of course, the same Stasi that I think it was Miss Merkel over in Germany, uh, was initially trained in. She was in, she was all gung-ho as a teenager into their whole, the whole thing. Almost like the Young Communist League, but a, bit, a step up from that too, for young leaders. And uh, and I think that's why she was eventually put in there <laughs> to run Germany for so long. Eh? And she even brought in, it was in the media some years ago, she was bringing in more members that were at school with her in the same organization that connected with the Stasi. Oh, what a world, eh? But yeah, you have to go back to forming different groups uh, and 
And again, you, you, you have to, there are ways and techniques of finding out who's who that will approach you. Because it's all been done before. The Soviet Union uh, literally had a lot of dissenters at the end. Most dissenters end up in the gulags that were slaughtered, you know. But uh, eventually, and they smuggled typewriters and everything into people. And same in East Germany. And even typewriters, they could tell where they came from. When they could tell by the print, this came from the same typewriters. It was used for the, that last bunch of printing of pamphlets that broke out in this other town or city or whatever. And that's how they try, they try to track people down. Um, photocopiers are the same. There's invisible print in every page that's printed up, by the way. That's a, it's a code. And <laughs> you can tell exactly what, you know, what it was, where it was sold, maybe even who it was sold. That way you can find who it was sold to. Uh, th- this is your free society that you've grown up with, never knowing what was going on. <laughs> you've never been trusted by those that dominate and rule you, and they actually believe they own you. And I really mean that, they do believe you own you. The arrogance is quite in your face. And it's and they're showing their teeth now. The, the, real, the hatred they have for you, the, you're seeing it, folks. You're seeing it. Mm. It's not going to be pleasant inside the U.S. But folk have to stand up against it, obviously. And never lose their cool. Don't fall for the motive traps they set for you. And they will set you for motive traps. Absolutely. They'll try to get you fused with this. I'm going to go and do this. Don't do that at all. Stop and think, you know. Count to five and or count to ten and then forget it. Let it go. Because that's how it is, eh? That's how it's all run. The Lives of Others, I think, was a, that movie. Well worth seeing. So people should stop immediately falling for the emotional traps. The, the big elephant traps that are deliberately set out for you to jump into. And when someone make, tries to get you indignant, really angry about something, especially sexual-wise, avoid it. Avoid it, folks. This is the oldest trick in the book. To get you going. And you'll end up in trouble as you can prove what you're saying. And even if you can prove what you're saying, most folk don't care. Most folk are so corrupted sexually, they've been brought up in a post-sexual revolution world where almost anything goes. They'll lap it up for daily entertainment. Men, women, and children. And it's been that way for Oh, well over, but since about the 1960s onwards. Getting worse and worse and worse until it's daily fare for their consumption. And you're going to try to get them indignant about something? Won't work. It really won't work. We're, we're so far gone <laughs> and corrupted. And they, what they used to call contaminated. The idea, and Yuri Bezmenov and others too, not just him, from the Soviet Union, they talked about the techniques they used. Sexual techniques were very important. They actually, the Soviet Union trained people to be apparently awfully, awfully good at sex. Men and women. And they had like, schools for them. Schools that they could taught to prolong sex and how to really, the guys would really go into the countries they were sent into, try to get into it or in with civil servants, for as an example, in other countries, 
or folk who worked in the Navy uh, as secretaries, things, anything to do with military, you know. And uh, they'd, they'd befriend them and then they'd, they'd charm, literally charm them, you know. They were taught how to do it all and how to really entrap, the, especially women. And then they, they could really sexually um, go, be a real stud, you might say. I know how to do all the different things and keep things going for a long time, you know. All these techniques. I mean, reading about it from someone who went through the schools. They did the same with women as well. And they sent these women across the world to do the same things and, and get in with, with admirals or heads of navy, of, of um, army, and so on, and top civil servants. And uh, it's an old, old thing. But these, these were schools that actually taught it scientifically, in, like a how to course. Eh? Uh, and it was in, it was in a, in a few books actually put up by defectors in Canada and, and uh, Britain long ago. So nothing's ever what it seems to be, you know. And then you had that whole Epstein thing. and won't even bother going there. It's, there's nothing really to guess at here, <laughs> except they're not supposed to talk too heavily about it, or or the or the massive backing behind it, especially. Obviously, it's amazing today. We're just told this to shut up and forget it, or, or you'll, you know, you'll get hammered too. That that's how open things are today. It's in your face. That, that's that you're that's you're now an, under total. Um, it's not occupied nation, but it's like an occupied nation. You might say all all the countries are occupied nations of a singular system of control. And it's rather blatant now, right, isn't it? It's quite fascinating too, because there's nothing, as I say, we're living through that I didn't think about long, long ago. I mentioned where it was going to go long ago and how it would happen. I even mentioned this says that one way or another, it's after the free trade and you're bringing you down, you lose your, all your jobs and your factories and, and that all happened. Your politicians of all parties signed it all away because we're told to by the bosses. And off the you, you paid for them to literally uproot your factories and transport them to China and retrain the Chinese in how to operate them. There's, there's so many articles about the time in the newspapers over a few years. And the free trade deals. And how you'd become a service economy, and that would be a good thing. You just import stuff and pass it round until eventually you got to a store and you'd buy the store. All the middlemen in between. But that they'd already decided in the nineteen seventy discussions on on any if there was any possible European Union down the road. They said there would have to be a service economy. So they would they had, they, they, the economists openly debated in the seventies in Britain. But you'd end up as a service economy, which which wouldn't last very long. You can't keep just passing things round and importing everything, because taxes always go up. So it all ends up on the on the, the back of the taxpayer. All the import duties are gone under free trade, under a very special trading nation status, and that's what China got. They don't have to pay import duties, bring stuff into the states or Canada. We pay for it all. 
it's any shortfall from the governments we'd be put on the taxpayers now. We pay for all. China is now, now in, they brought India and other countries into the free trade. We'll be paying for them now. And they can bring things into our country without, without uh, import duty. You sell stuff to them, you, they, you, they will charge import duty on your goods. But it's a one-way street. Because you see, they're supposed to be emerging nations. If, read it all for yourselves. If you care to read it. So it's not meant to serve as economy. It was a, it was a, a part of a plan on a, on a way, on a roadmap to a post-industrial, and then now you're down to post-consumerist society with COVID. Essential thing, purchases only. You get the message? Sustainability, climate agenda, all the stuff they tried to ram through with that. Same thing. Same agenda. But yeah, years ago I gave talks on all this, and I said, I went through it all, what I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, and I said, one day, you know, one day if they get their way and they bring all commerce was left to, to a halt, this is that the next boat people in the world will be Americans going abroad in boats looking for sanctuary in other countries where they'll take them in. I did. You know, give these talks in the late 90s. Then coast to coast programs later on. And I said the same thing, you know. Because uh, I knew who the target group would be, the demonized group. They've been rather vocal about it, in fact. And you're witnessing the start of this now. Mass unemployment. you got the demonized group. A lot of them went to the, the Trump rally. Just ordinary citizens from across America, across the States. Got all, all completely demonized. And called terrorists and mobs and... Unruly and, you know, insurrectionists, etc., etc. Not the ones who were doing it all year long in the streets with the mayors marching with them and governors marching. No, not them. You've got a clear cut agenda at work here, folks. There's, there's nothing to guess at. <laughs> and even on, on, the, on, on the authorized. I'll say the word authorized alternate media out there, the big ones that are put out there for you. I remember the, the, the guy, the leader, for that way, saying, you know, you're, you're a bit pessimistic. I said, no, I, said, I know way more than you do. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> of what was going to happen. The big picture. Right down to how they could train a whole gen. I, I said this, you know. When the Xboxes came out and all that, I said that was a clue they were going to raise a generation to be mil- for the military, to be used abroad, and bingo they were, you know. 2001 happened, all, they all, all trained already with Xboxes. <laughs> it was rather obvious. And also I said, I said that to be trained, you turn against their parents. They are the new revolutionaries, mass psychology, mass behaviorism. A completely rigged media, completely rigged. You know, there's nothing to stop the people taking lists of all the names of people who are terrorizing you for the future in case one day there is such a thing as justice and you can put them all in court, at least. Hmm? I mean, it's the same thing too with police who've been brutalizing a lot of their own people under the COVID thing. It brings out the worst in them. And again, they pick the easy targets. There's certain targets they won't even touch. There's no way they'll risk losing their jobs. <laughs> so there's no quality in that either. 
and they can spot the, the, the easy one. They know who you are, you know. There's pensioners to seniors where a couple actually were arrested in Manitoba for not wearing masks. And even though they had uh, an exemption in the law <laughs> for the cops to show the cops, the cops weren't interested in the law. They were in a pharmacy filling out the prescription when they got arrested. The, the prescription was to stop anxiety attacks in, in the woman, the wife of the, um, the husband who was also arrest, arrested there. Uh, because, you see, with panic attacks and things like that, you can't breathe very get shortness of breath. So you're under exemption, supposedly exemption laws, these, lo- these wonderfully vague exemption laws, and the, the, the man had a copy of it to show the police. The police were not interested, they just wanted to arrest him. And, uh, and so your police end up being your persecutors on society, unfortunately. So what you get, in, and you see this in banana republics, third world nations, and so on. But it's been fomented worldwide now under this global agenda. And so here, the, and that exemption thing, the, the, guy, the man had, had didn't, doesn't matter. You see, you're an easy target. The cops will bash your head in if they want to. You know, that's we have brutes now. We don't have human beings anymore. They'll do anything they're told for a pay. But this is no different in any, any tyranny. Uh, how do you think that the, the Russians used them? Same thing. The cops turned into overnight into the special police forces and grabbed neighbours and pulled them out and they were brutes and it's happened and the French, when the French were taken over with Germany, the French continued going to work, this police for the Germans and work against the, the, the people. That's how, what police do, folks. People with morality and decency don't do that. They'd have to say, that I've had enough of this, I'm not doing this, I'm not going to persecute the people anymore. And terrorize them. You understand that? So when you're left with folk that will, then, then you, you, you can't give them a second thought of credence, of decency. Can't do it. But anyway, they stopped a the couple there, and um, they eventually got uh, thousands of dollars fines for not wearing a mask. You can't wear a mask with a woman. And then they were forbidden to come on at that store again. So we should take the names of those cops, the numbers, for future use. Because they're supposed to serve you in one day. If anything changes, you can make sure those people are all fired, all, all those cops. Absolutely. And their pensions, totally, totally straight. You've got to remember who they're supposed to serve. You either have a form of democracy and public service serving you, or you don't. You've got tyranny, overlords, overlording you. <laughs> you understand? That's what you got. So take the names. And then again, get pamphlets printed up and stick them in laundries and all over the place and about the stores where they've called in the cops to get you out because you don't have a mask on because you can't wear the mask. And the old guy that was there, as I say, he had the printed thing from the website of the government going through the laws on who's exempt from wearing the mask. They didn't, the cops didn't care. They didn't give a damn. And they cuffed them. They cuffed them. <laughs> it's an old couple. No, that guy who did that should be should lose his job right off the bat. And then their cops are standing outside away from the cameras. They should get it too because they should say, no, leave them alone. Let them get a prescription filled and let them go. There's nobody else in the store. They've had it in every province in Canada. The same, same nonsense. Same as Australia, same in Britain, you know. And no point arguing the facts about COVID or, and, and the fact that Fauci said initially that the masks were useless. 
He can change back. He can change back and forth, but but you can't. You know, when you're living in absurdity, you've got to stand up and point out this is absurd. You either have logic and reality, or you don't. You have unreality, and something is illogical. But when you start playing law in some LSD-induced reality, uh, you better toss the idea that you're actually in law or reality out the window. Yet you're neither. You know. They used to put this into comedies, this kind of thing. The absurdities are, are, are that's what you're using is, is famous for for using absurdities in comedies. I think Woody Allen did one. I think the Woody Allen movie was called Bananas. It's the one anyway. He ends up being a, a revolutionary in South America somewhere because he, he fancied this girl. You see, who along with him to impress her, and then he had the great leader uh, and. And eventually the great leader, once they took over the country and overthrew the leaders and they took it over, the first thing the great leader did was to, he says, this is the first decree, he says, you always must start speaking, I think it was Danish or Swedish, and, and he says, you must wear your underwear on the outside of your pants. And that was meant to be, that's the sort of absurdity that's funny. Is that funny anymore with what you do now? You've got to, get, you've got to walk into a place and put a mask on and help suffocate yourself. You've got folk trying to jog with masks on and falling and fainting and passing out. They're actually trying it. That, that's absurd in itself. You're born with nostrils to breathe in air. If you were meant to wear a mask, you'd be born with one. The reason it's not there is so you don't suffocate yourself and you don't pass out with lack of oxygen. And hospitals, they've got guidelines. They've always had guidelines for people wearing masks. You're not supposed to wear them more than two hours straight. Because you'll start feeling weak. The, the pores get clogged up with the moisture. And the less air can get through with oxygen. So you end up passing out. But you must wear it all day. Eh? And then the hands are always going to the mask. They're always wet for moisture. And if you really had a disease, the folk would be spreading it all over the place because they're always touching the mask on the outside of their mouth and pulling them and adjusting them up constantly. But if this is how the cops are going to react, what's next? Roll up your pant leg and walk into the store with a mask on? I mean, any absurdity can get added to this, you understand? Any absurdity. It's not meant for the reasons they're telling you. It's to make sure that you're getting, you're, getting, you're, you're falling in with rapid change. It's like training a dog, Pavlov's dog, until Pavlov's dog didn't know where to stand before he, he gets shocked. I mean, he'd know eventually, I won't get shocked over here in this corner. And it, so he get left for about a week getting fed and in that corner, but then he gets shocked again. Eventually, he gets shocked in every corner, and the dog had a nervous breakdown because it couldn't satisfy the master. It couldn't, because there must be logic even in dog's world for this. There must be reason. When there's no reason in logic, there's nothing you can do to please the master. You have a nervous breakdown. It's happening all over the world, folks, with people. And those who control it all, with all their PSYOP agents at the top, 
And they do have them like the BIT units in Britain, behavioral insights teams have them all over the world, by the way. I, I did, gave the stories a while back on that. And they have these top psychologists, teams of them, and all the countries all working together to make sure that you all comply and using the nudges like the Sunstein. He's part of it too, by the way. The nudges to make you comply. Oh, don't look at this article here. We'll suggest you look at this article instead. You know, it'll just divert you off. You can't find what you're looking for on the web anymore. You think that's just coincidence. They're tailoring it for you, personally. This is the nightmare you're in now. Because you can end it all by just stopping using all their social platforms. It's good to turn everything off and read books, you know. Get the, all the old books, eh? You'll learn something. Peace and quiet. You're not living in a, surrounded in a magnetic field all the time. <laughs> Did you read the articles when they had that big power outage in the eastern seaboard some years ago there? And they were all the way down through Canada. I was out here for over, over a week, I think, and through New York City and different parts of the New York State. And they found, that this is the, they always study this, right, through all these things, but the, the, the different agencies studied uh, the people and found that there was less crime, not more. There was less domestic violence. There was less drinking and folk going nuts and crazy with drugs. The people were more relaxed and uh, and and even the surveys afterwards, they, they asked them how they felt. They felt actually like they had a darn good sleep. They felt better and more relaxed. And the, and again, here's the thing: or oh, conspiracy theory. The mainstream media reported that the behaviorists, the different scientists and socialists that studied it all, put it down after talking to the experts. Right? Put it down to the fact that with all the that the, the artistry literally out all of it. And then folk weren't living inside an electronic AC cage. You realize the wiring is through the walls, it's over the ceilings, it's under the floor, and you're living inside uh, an alternating current cage. Yeah? And that affects your moods, etc. So that's all printed up by, but if you say that now, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, eh? Mm. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just astonishing what we put up. Yeah, read a book, and there's lots of good old books out there if you get a hold of them. They can really uh, wake you up to some of the steps that brought you to where you are today. But you have to learn as well to stop just tuning in to, to follow people blindly. Really. You have to stop just following them blindly and start thinking for yourselves and what you can do personally. And uh, yes, you, you can set up your own little groups for, for, for just for discussing information that comes along. Discuss it. Don't let anybody dominate the group because then you know you've been taken over. But you can, you, and, but everybody can get their chances, say something, and you all give your your input on any particular topic that's of relevance. And uh, the relevant parts are uh, put them together to the end of the, the talks, and you see what they would come up with. This, 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 this. And that's how you go forward with understandings of what's really happening. How did you get to where you are today? Did it happen by itself? No. Use the articles that show this is where they wanted to take you years ago from the official sources of people who involved, and and so on and so on and so on. And you'll, that's what you'll find is that where you are today 
was not only just planned long, long ago, it was gradually implemented long ago by official sources. You'll see in all the United Nations articles out there and other meetings and the World Economic Forum's meetings and all the Chatham House meetings, they all, run, they all, by the way, run under Chatham House rules, all these organizations, all of them. And they'll say that too, you know, where they can't discuss to the general public what they've been talking about inside, etc., blah, blah, blah. Or if, they, or if they're allowed to mention anything, they mustn't mention the people who actually spoke and said what, etc. Same in the books. I've got stacks of books here. And you see at the end of the, the, they'll have, and this representative from so-and-so this country or South Africa, they've mentioned this, you know. But they won't tell you who it was, just that they were from South Africa or Northern Ireland or Southern Ireland or something like that. And they're talking about the future they were all working to bring in. And they had revolutionaries, they had communists, they had all these. This is from the, from the Royal Institute for International Affairs Group. Yeah. Quickly, it said the same thing about the American branch, the CFR. He said the same. We have, we have, we have dictators and we have communists. We have all kinds. They and fascists and all kinds as members. You know? All kinds, sure. You find most politicians that are groomed to get up to the top have all been members of it. They pretend that they, 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 stop, they, they just stop being members. It's like, it's like telling a camel to change into something else when they go into politics. And they go them back again once they say, come on. Yeah. And quickly said that the, the, the leaders and the higher coterie at the, at the top of every group, presidents and prime ministers, knows around them, and they're all CFR members. And they said they have been for 60 years or more. Maybe 80 years, you're talking about the late 1880s, when he wrote the book in that case. Because it's had different names, the same organization. But it's never changed, it's the same organization. So you're living through it, and it's designed and planned for you, and you're not just stumbling down through time. That's the accidental view of history. You're supposed to believe that that's the way it really is. We didn't see it coming. <laughs> no, no, didn't see it coming. Meanwhile, they, they train, as say, generations for their roles and their life. That's what Beria said in the 1930s in the Soviet Union. They could actually update, the, the perfection of updating the agenda for a young person's lifespan started at the age of four, and they could literally add it, they could do it in sections as that child was going through school. And, and so every four years, they could indoctrinate them for until all the things that they had planned that that child was going to experience right up to the age of 50 or 60 in their life would seem natural to them. It was all planned to happen. And they'd adapt as it went along thinking, oh, it must be normal. I guess it, you could, it had to happen, this particular thing or that. No, they'd been indoctrinated to accept it, you see, from the age of four, not knowing it. Is that perfect? And so it's been done here, same way. And the ones who, who <laughs> are the active um, agents, you might say, the players at that age, they don't know themselves that most of their thoughts really are being given to them, their emotions are given to them, their reactions to certain topics are given to them. And uh, it's been perfected. They, they don't know it. They really don't know it. They really, really don't. And it's so perfect now with the electronic media because they'll get the same information given to them across the networks at the same time. 
That's power, eh? Unified opinions at the same time, globally. <laughs> so, as I say, you know, never you should never just collapse and uh, into despair. What you should, should do with every everything that happens in this war is to learn from it. Learn. Because it's you that must, if you survive it, then you don't despair because you lost something. No, you, you, you actually should celebrate you survived something and now you've learned something. And you keep learning. If the elite could keep you all infantile, they would. They do their best to try and keep you there. With their ridiculous things they call entertainment and so on. You know? They really do. And it's pretty well perfected. And I, I remember saying years ago laughing, and I said, look, you could see the old elderly folk going in to, to, to the old age homes. And at one point, they were, they were still doing the boogie-woogie stuff, the old stuff from World War II, some of them, when they were young. Eh? And then they ended up going into the old folks' homes. And I says, and eventually you're going to get the rap guys, you know. And they'll be doing the, the, the dance and stuff and the, you know, and, and the songs and you know, you don't realize that, that, that you're looking at the training for each group in action. And the people you're watching didn't know that was all designed for their generation, not by them themselves, any more than, than the who was part of my generation either. <laughs> you know, the actual not the group, you know, the band. Let's you know, talk about my generation. But yeah, they, they, they actually think actually think that they're, it's theirs. They're, like each, each generation's taught, this is our music. You're too old for it. You know, we, this is our, no, they don't, they don't know. They're not making it. <laughs> and they believe folk in, in, in garages actually do it all. No, no, that's a big myth, a big joke. It's designed by the big business machine. They decide who they pick. They can make anybody a star, and they do that. And they, can actually, they make anybody stars <laughs> if they choose to do so. And that's how it is. It's show business. Show. It's a show business. But yeah, with, with the terrible things that are happening and the loss of rights, the loss of everything, don't forget that uh, you learn. You survive it. You learn not to let it ever happen again and don't be so silly again and, be, and start to, to use your common sense. When folk drive you and stampede you into doing the, their bidding for them, Pretending and make you think you're doing it yourself. Well, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to, you know. And you get used, and then you're used for an agenda. Now you're discredited and labeled, and uh, and you didn't earn it, no. You were, you were just there, but the media was ready to go into operation. And, they, and now, of course, you, you can't even bring up the, the voting inconsistencies to be mailed here and to get it rectified anymore. Because now you're labeled already discredited, you see. Conspiracy theorists, all of you. <laughs> I'll tell you, sticks and stones, eh? Now, remember, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, send a few bucks my way, help me just tick along. That's I'm just ticking away here, a little bit, tick at a time. And, because it still takes money to keep it all going. And, um, and I don't have much time to do anything else, to bring money in, eh? I mean, even if I could. At the moment, especially everybody's locked down, I'm locked down. And uh, but money has to come in somehow, you know. We're all feeling it, I'm sure. So keep the money flowing if you can. Cutting through the matrix dot com. No one pays me, you know. I'm not 
I'm not subservient to anybody. I don't know. I've had the offers from agencies, and I didn't take them from the very people who actually run some of the agencies that you're probably used to hearing. <laughs> at least, at least they're 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 um uh, they're fronts put it that way. But no, I wouldn't uh, sell out for anybody. And I just say things as they are, you know. I don't tell you what to believe. You believe what you want or what to do, you know. Same with the folk who want to get their vaccinations up to them if they want to get it or not. All I can do is point out some of the other sides of the story to do all of it all and leave it to you because it's your decision. If you truly live in a real society, a real world, you're supposed to make your own decisions and have the right to make your own decisions, by the way, not to have things forced upon you. But we're not living in real societies. We're under authoritarian regimes. And probably the same authoritarian regime worldwide, actually. All done through money. The money is through all the whole... The U.S. literally has been... They've funded the whole planet. The U.S. Federal Reserve has been acting for years like a central bank to the rest of the world. To the rest of the world's central banks, in fact. Folk don't know that. And it surprised me at the time, too, they're actually getting the money straight from there, but it shouldn't have surprised me, I suppose. I mean, I knew that they sort of gave it to uh, the World Bank, and then the IMF would retrieve it, suppose, or disperse some of it and get a lot of it paid back to them. Through, they're the heavies, you might say, the IMF. But all, don't forget, they're all created by the by the, the, the Royal Institute for International Affairs. That's who created the World Bank and the IMF and the Bank for International Settlements. The same group that gave you the Boer War and blamed the Boers. Same group. Huh? The same group that gave the League of Nations, that gave the United Nations. Same group. All privately owned folks. We don't know that. And they gave you the central banking system. Because you must control everything through money. It's a great powerful tool. You cut it off, you've, you've seen your country fall apart over the last year. And you're, you're not finished yet. You've got all this supposed debt to pay off, even though it's all bogus. Because they're not passing real physical and tangible goods or, or money around. It's just blips on a computer now. But you've, you've conquered one. Because no one's given you any other ability to... You're supposed to be making your own money in your own countries, for goodness sake. But, but governments were taken over such a long time ago, they don't even make it up themselves. But that's the world we're living in, isn't it? And you have to, again, don't, don't lose faith in yourselves. Don't get used. Don't follow the people. And you know who's been rah-rahing you for years with Trump. And it doesn't mean that, that everything that's happened has been wrong or bad. Not everything. But, but you've definitely been left in circles and inactivity for, for a few years. Just waiting for someone else to do it for you. I keep telling you that. And then when you start, when you're, when you're goaded and you're thinking you're doing something yourselves, then you're set up as passes. To be smeared, you know? and then you go back to, to to following the same characters that goaded you into it. <laughs> well, fool me once, eh? Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's how you get to look at it. And I'm going to do some articles now and read them because. Uh, some of them are interesting, you know. But I'm sure most folk are. Uh, you're listening to uh, they are the choir, you might say, because they 
they've learned a lot and an awful lot indeed, but over many years. But it's still good to just mention a few of these articles here. Not overload yourself with data. You know, you don't want to overload yourself with too much data. But you can still look at the articles because I'm going to read this one to start it because it's it's important. Again, I've read it before, this one. And I've read other um, ones from the mainstream media in Canada and the States and Britain to do with cyber war. But let's just refresh our brains, eh? Like, re- refresh a screen, a computer. Refresh our brains here, because we keep forgetting stuff, don't you? And this was um, U.S. and U.K. intelligence agencies declare cyber war on independent media. And this is from Whitney Webb, November 11th, 2020. And just the past week, the national security states, the United States and the United Kingdom, they did it too with Canada, mind you, and Australia, as have had discreetly let it, be, let it be known that the cyber tools and online tactics previously designed for use in the post-9-11 war on terror are now being repurposed for use against information sources promoting vaccine hesitancy and information related to COVID-19 that runs counter to their state narratives. See, the state's going to tolerate no other information except what they're telling you. So a new cyber offensive lot was launched Monday by the UK's Signal Intelligence Agency. This is the kind of signals as a as communication and government communications headquarters, GCHQ, which seeks to target websites that publish content deemed to be propaganda that's anything that's, that the government uh, is contrary to what the government is telling you. So, they, they, so anything, you understand, you, you're, this is, you're under totalitarianism when you're not allowed to have any other point of view except, what, except theirs. There's no different than any dictatorship. So you'll be called propaganda, and that raises concerns regarding state-sponsored COVID-19 vaccine development and the multinational pharmaceutical corporations involved. Similar efforts are underway in the U.S. with the U.S. military recently funding a CIA-backed firm stuffed with former counterterrorism officials who are behind the occupation of Iraq and the rise of the so-called Islamic State to develop an artificial intelligence algorithm aimed specifically at new websites promoting suspected disinformation related to the COVID-19 crisis and the U.S. military-led COVID-19 vaccination effort known as Operation Warp Speed. Both countries are preparing to silence independent journalists. I'll say that again for the harder thinking. Both countries are preparing to silence independent journalists who raise legitimate concerns over pharmaceutical industry corruption or the extreme secrecy surrounding state-sponsored COVID-19 vaccination efforts. Now that Pfizer's vaccination candidate is slated to be approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration by Monsanto, what's been approved already, and um, and it's, it's been injected. This, this article is from November the 11th, right? So they tell you what they're, going, they're doing. Now, the other articles from Britain, had, they were in the Daily Mail and so on. I put them all up months ago. From Again, you had the, the 77th Brigade was one of them. That's a cyber warrior uh, operation group. And, um, they had, and they had the, the, the head guy there, the head officer on it, talking about thousands that worked from already guys who, who attack you by their computers, thousands of them. 
And they're given the, the passwords and backdoors of all the all different systems and computers to get right into your computer system, folks. And, uh, and they've been used, these same guys have been used across the entire Middle East especially for years, just setting up and fomenting revolutions which they, they, they lead up the garden path and then discredit, use and, and, and then discard, <laughs> as usual. And now they're doing the same thing inside your own countries. With their government saying it's okay to go to go to war on your own people. Do you really want to pretend that you're still living in democracies? I used to give a talk about what do you do when the bubble bursts and you wake up and you see that the system that you you are taught to believe and you are trained to believe in never existed. It certainly doesn't exist now, and you just crash. Huh? A lot of folk can't handle it, you know. So this is one one article. I'll try and find other ones I put up too with uh, different units. Getting, and then the one from Canada. Uh, they had the National and the National Post, I think it was, in Canada. And other art, other newspapers had the ones up about Canada and Trudeau had given a go-ahead for the cyber warriors to go against the same thing, the same thing within Canada and attack the people. And this is the start of it. This is just the, this is the light start as they try to just, just to get you off the air altogether. If you keep going somehow or another, they've got other steps. They actually worked through these steps in Event 201 and other exercises they had beforehand that eventually they'll just start arresting people. This is tyranny, folks. And you can start to face up to it for what it actually is. So I'll put uh, that. That was just to remind you all that that they tell you what they're doing. Mainly to terrorize other people, to stop doing what they're doing and just get off, you know, the air or whatever. Because they're at war with you. There can only be one. It's like the movies. The movies always have someone who, who's the one. Like the Highlander movie. There can be only one, you see. And same with every, every movie you see. Look at all the Clint Eastwood ones. He's the one who rides in and cleans up. Well, here you are, folks. In reality, the one is your own. This entity that you think is government, that you don't even understand what it really, really is. You really, you don't even know that. Has stated that there be no other gods before it, meaning beside it, or in front of it, or behind it. It won't tolerate any other god, or any other opinion. That's straight. That's called tyranny. That's one of the main definitions of tyranny. You cannot have that in a democratic society. So stop using the term democratic society. It's a joke. It's, you can't have it if you don't have any opinions that are allowed. Remember that. Here's another article too. Peter Hitchens in England, who writes for the, I think it was the, the, the Mail on Sunday column, and gives a lot of good little articles out there. He he lived in the Soviet Union at the end as a journalist for Britain. And he, he saw the, what happened there and, and how it went on and how you're treated by the cops, by the way, you know, who threw your passports in the dirt and the, and the water and the gutters as pouring rain until they need, until he, he stated, where do, you, where, where do you live, they said. And he, he says, there in that building, the building he lived in was next to some of the top Politburo members in Russia. They, they cleaned up a total panic. That's that's the cowards that they are. They'll pick on the weak and treat like dirt unless you're a somebody. 
And then when they realize that you might just be close to somebody's, then they're petrified, you see. That's that's a sad thing of society, a sad state of affairs in society. And that's how it can repeat, get repeated. The, the, the elite count on using the cops the same way, always over and over again. And they will unfortunately do whatever they're told. Henry Pierre Hitchens on 2nd of January says, Guess where Professor Lockdown got his ideas? The China, the police state, he says. One of the strangest things about a recent national madness has been the role of Professor Neil Ferguson. Remember the, the guy they keep picking for, for his special computers that gives you big, big numbers. Whatever you want. Mad cow, no problem. Wipe out the entire meat industry for Britain. Yep, let's do that, eh? Oh, oops, well, I guess the computer was wrong. And it says, he says he's a physicist, but he's a physicist who deals in, in basically in, in, in computerized statistics. So he says, physicist, yes, that is his main academic discipline. He doesn't even have a biology O-level, as he himself cheerfully admits. And as Tree Ferguson, that doesn't even have a biology O-level, that's a low level. That's a high school level. But that's uh, no other than his repeated record of wild predictions of vast numbers of deaths for a variety of diseases from foot and mouth to mad cow, which can kindly be described as exaggerated. And then there's this complicated private life, which resulted in a pretty clear case of breach of the miserable restrictions he helped to impose on the rest of us. As with all such cases... I don't blame him for breaking the stupid rules. I despise him as a hypocrite for supporting them and then thinking they didn't apply to him. Then he man, Matt, I was going to say Matt Hancock, meaning Matt, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, said at the time that it was just not possible for Ferguson to continue advising the government when he was found out having his affair and he wasn't social distancing and locking down, right? But this wasn't true. The professor was said to have resigned from the SAGE, that's a special advisory group of experts that's supposed to deal with the, for the British government. They also work with the other PSYOP groups, by the way, with the BIT units. It says, but did he not really? So the current state website lists him as a member of the new and emerging respiratory virus threats advisory group, NERVTAG. <laughs> so he's never been fired at all. He's been working along with this group here. All along, this, this, the, there's more to these characters than meets the eye. These, they're kept on and on for some other reason, folks. He's never been right, this guy Ferguson. But he's, he's been used to cause great catastrophes in the past, and I think that's his purpose. But anyway, Ferguson spoke uh, of Sage, his growing admiration for China, China's tyrannical attempts to contain COVID. And this is what he said. To begin with, they thought, with good reason, that the dishonest and repressive Chinese state was covering up the truth about the Wuhan outbreak. Uh, as I'm sure they're still covering it up. Last week, after uh, after a trial of a few hours, Zhang Zan, 37, a Chinese former lawyer and citizen journalist, was sentenced to four years in prison. She was originally arrested in Wuhan in May for picking quarrels and provoking trouble. Uh, an on-crime often alleged, alleged against dissidents in China. Right? 
she she was then charged with disseminating false information about Wuhan. She went a hunger strike against her treatment, but this was China, not a free country. Her lawyer says, and I don't doubt it, that she had a feeling a feeding tube forcibly inserted, and her arms restrained to stop her pulling out. Uh, those who managed to see her in the courtroom before she was condemned and sent off to Peking, Peking's Gulag says she appeared there in a wheelchair, her hair cropped. Modern China is a horrible place, cruel, ruthless, and unembarrassed. But for some reason, SAGE, the special advisor group in Britain, came to like Peking's COVID strategy. Ferguson told the Times newspaper that as the data accrued, it became clear it was an effective policy. He's not the only one who, who admired China, so did Justin Trudeau in Canada. Eh? He admired them because they didn't have to deal with keeping the people happy and the whole bit and points of view and rights. They could just tell them what to do and get it done efficiently. That's what he said. Pretty well. I mean, that's, what I'm, I'm not, that's not exactly what he said, but I'm, um, that's close enough. That's close enough what he said. Ferguson told the Times the day of career, it became clear it was an effective policy. Yeah. And uh, it says, I'd be interested to know how the sage geniuses evaluated data from this police state, which lacks a free press or independent university. But there, even so, they hesitated. As Ferguson says, it's a communist one-party state. We, we said in Britain, he, this is Ferguson talking, right? We couldn't get away with it in Europe. We thought, we thought, right? says, aren't those words we couldn't, didn't think we'd get away with it. Interesting. Is this the way in which public servants in a free country think of the normal limits and what they can do? I can only hope not. That's exactly how they think. In fact, later on they said that they admired China because they didn't have to please the public with rights and so on. But what you remember the papers at the time too, back in June said, they were so surprised, remember that? At how easy it was to make the folk to conform. Do you remember that? In Britain. Well, welcome China, the model state for the world. Remember, I gave these talks years ago, the model state that we're all supposed to copy, according to even the Council on Foreign Relations. They were all for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. This democracy is so cumbersome, for goodness sake. Eh? Rights and rights. Oh. An article here, Biden. Oh, by the way, Hitchens also... Uh, if I can find it later, is a good article to do with why he's not putting so many talks out anymore. He's getting hammered by the establishment for just saying what is with COVID and vaccines or anything else, for that matter. And uh, if, I, if I can find that one, I'll mention it tonight too. Biden is not yet inaugurated and the establishment is already fomenting civil war. As Paul Craig Roberts and he says Trump was demonized before he was inaugurated. He was demonized because he was correctly perceived by the establishment as a threat to the establishment. And Trump's election surprised the establishment. I think that's part's true. They didn't really think he'd get in. And then when they got in, they, they waited to see if he continued, continued the wars. Once he didn't, that's when they really went at him. The establishment thought that that establishment could control over over the media. I mean, the media can guaranteed their power and was astonished. To realize enough American voters saw through their lies and propaganda to elect a non-establishment figure. Now, he's part of the establishment. And it says, the world does not understand that the American establishment has a propaganda organization that shames the one assembled by Joseph Goebbels. 
the American media, never very independent, lost all semblance to independence during the Clinton regime when 90% of the U.S. media was concentrated into six hands and converted into a completely obedient tool of the establishment. That did happen, mind you. you know. Then he goes into the whole thing about this, the nonsense that Trump conspired with Putin to steal the election from Hillary. That was a big made-up thing. And he goes into the Soviet Union, Stalin's police state control enabled him to frame Bolshevik leaders like Nikolai Bakarin as a capitalist spy. I'm not kidding you, you know. They can, make you, they can turn you into anything they want. Like, they demonize you, you know. In the American democracy, the establishment has been able to in plain view to steal Trump's re-election and is now framing him as an insurrectionist. The power of the establishment is so great that the Republicans have wilted and are kneeling to the establishment in order to protect themselves. No, they're always part of the one system, as far as I'm concerned. Trump's appointees are resigning and running for their lives and reputations. The military security complex using the DNC and the media has been able to do what Stalin did, eliminate the opposition. And he goes through it all and so on. Then he goes into Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Like the print and TV media and NPR are employed to shut down non-establishment explanations. It's interesting now, there's some good articles out there, in fact you'll find them, of uh, at the end of free speech, you know, and... Uh, and also, uh, you don't need governments anymore, or even the media. You've just got Mark Zuckerberg, just ask him what he wants, and he'll make it happen, you know. That is your new system, isn't it? The, the new super, incredibly wealthy front people, they're all fronts, mind you, set up as front people, with fictitious backgrounds to make them appear like geniuses, including Bill Gates himself, you know, and his father before him. Coronavirus lockdowns, Boris Johnson bans household mixing, closes schools and orders work from home in England. Well, how can any <laughs> any other era you call him a tyrant? Huh? If, it, if, it, if it's all locked down in one country, your own nations will be called another country tyrants and, and uh, authoritarian. But when it happens to you, it's no, no, no. Boris Johnson, what a little con man he is, eh? A little, his only little act is to clown, and that's it. You know, but he does what he's told by the bosses. So England was placed in a full six-week lockdown Monday. Well, same across the world pretty well, isn't it? Much the same. We're all in lockstep together, aren't we? Yeah. And the same thing, US, the UK's top medics warned you the night that NHS would be overwhelmed within 21 days without tougher measures. Uh, they tried all this in the spring. You saw it all come out afterwards. The hospitals were empty, folks. Again, the lies, the same lies were all found out, for goodness sake. Again, fool me once, eh? shame on you. Same stuff. Because the agenda is a bigger agenda. You're never to go back into the same old system that you had at the beginning. Hmm? You're getting the point. You have to do it some way. This is what they chose. Another one, two Portuguese health worker, 41 years of age, dies two days after getting the Pfizer COVID vaccine, as her father says he wants answers. Well, good luck to that. Sonia Acevedo, or Acevedo, suffered a sudden death New Year's Day, 40 hours after the jab. It's interesting, too, it's happening with these jabs. 
Because anaphylactic shock generally sets in within minutes, maybe even one minute, you know, to two to three maximum. But you're seeing that when you get 20 minutes, even half an hour later, there's something else going on here. And then when you get a few days, maybe even a week passing, there's something else happening, you see. So there's something else in the jab that's doing this too, working differently than just an allergic reaction. I like call it allergic reaction, <laughs> what a joke, eh? <laughs> The vaccine was a success, but the patient died. So anyway, it's, uh, the guy wants answers, and so she says, she suffered a sudden death at home on New Year's Day, two days after the, the jab. An autopsy is expected to... They won't get any from the autopsy. They'll say that anyway. Because you, you're dealing with an incredible agenda, a world agenda with billions of dollars riding on it, right? And the credence uh, of and reputation of every politician and every nation at the top pushing it all. And do you think that you really believe they're going to find any bad effects of this thing and blame it for, for, for what it is? Yeah, she's the mother of two worked in, again, you're just eggshells, you know, from make, you get lots of eggshells from making the omelette, old, they're all Rockefeller saying. You know, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs, you know. So all the broken shells are just you, all, all the folk that die or get crippled, or, that's just, no, that's the cost of things. And they say it's acceptable, by the way. So the, the mother of two who worked in a pediatrics at the Portuguese Institute of Oncology in Porto, is not said to have suffered any adverse side effects after being vaccinated. Well, that's immediately, right? She just died a few days later. <laughs> oh, no. Um, she had the COVID-19 vaccine, but she didn't have any symptoms. I don't know what happened. I just want answers. So I'll put this one up, too. And there's, there's other... There's other things up there too. Is they're really going over time, and I don't care how many folk die or get crippled with this. It's, it's, they're going to ramp it through. I'm telling you, I said at the start, this is chiselled in stone. This agenda. And then, if you're di- anybody who's dying of anything is put down as COVID, you know, the flu disappeared too. And doctors have come out and said the same thing. Eh? Doesn't matter because facts don't matter when there's big agendas there. Health experts investigate doctor who died weeks after receiving COVID vaccine. Though there's currently no medical or scientific evidence to suggest the doctor's death was triggered by the vaccine, the CDC is conducting a routine investigation into the incident. Well, that suits me fine, eh? I feel safer now and better. So they're investigating uh, the, the case of South Florida doctor who died from the, a rare condition two weeks after receiving it, after the first dose too, eh? of the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine. Dr. Gregory Michael, who'd worked as an OBGYN, obstetrics and gynecology at Mount Sinai Medical Center for more than a decade, died January the 3rd, according to his wife, Heidi Nickelman. The doctor had been vaccinated December the 18th. So he says, though there is currently no medical or scientific evidence to suggest that Dr. Michael's death was triggered by the vaccine, the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention is conducting a routine investigation into the incident due to the short timeline between the two events. CDC, FDA, and other federal agencies review COVID-19 vaccine for safety. They'll tell you how safe it is. And it says, Nickelman said that Dr. Michael, I guess that's why, had been begun experiencing strange symptoms several days after receiving the dose. Now listen, including small spots on his hands and feet. 
That's what we call it, thrombocyte thrombocytopenic purpura, they call it. It's just little bit of pinpricks, but as you're, as you're, basically your clotting system is, is just falling apart. You little, little hemorrhages. That's what it is. And so his hands and feet. Now remember that, because remember, do you remember in the spring, and maybe in May, they said, oh, here's news. They keep giving you new symptoms of it. And they showed you these feet with all the spots on it and toes and stuff, and these little spots, and they go red first, and they've got hemorrhages, and yada, yada, yeah. It may happen to your fingers. Well, isn't it odd that after the vaccine, you're getting the symptoms that they said that COVID would give it to you? That's just coincidence, so I'm saying that, right? So it says here, he was eventually admitted to the ICU with a diagnosis of acute idiopathic, idiopathic meaning we don't know what causes it, thrombocytopenic purpura, and that's, that's a little, little spotsy. A rare condition in which the body's immune system, listen to this, your body's immune, you get a vaccination that's designed to alter the cells for your immune system, right? So he come down with thrombocytopenic pure purpura, which is a, which the body's immune system mistakenly attacks cell fragments found in the blood. So so your system is working fine, your immune system before before the shot, right? Isn't attacking anything, but after the shot, it's it's mistakenly attacking cell fragments found in the blood. And they're known as platelets, and the platelets, you see, in adults, it can be chronic, you see. I'd say, I'd say death, is, death is pretty chronic. Two days before a last resort surgery, right? What, what, did, what were they hoping to accomplish by surgery here? He got a hemorrhagic stroke. That's what happens, eh? Caused by the lack of platelets that took his life. You, you got, You've got a clotting mechanism that all works together. It had been destroyed. And, and, and they're, they're always there. They're always repairing bits inside your body all the time. You don't know what's going on. And this guy's system just went haywire and started attacking his own blood platelets. Right? That's what you often get after vaccination injury. You, you, you're, you'll end up with chronic arthritis and, and, and between the joints. Something, your, your system's attacking something in your joints. That's what happened to me years ago. Anyway, two days before the last results, he got a hemorrhagic stroke caused by the lack of platelets that took his life in a matter of minutes. He's perfectly healthy before the shot, right? Nickelman wrote in a Facebook post, Pfizer said the company was aware of the CDC's investigation in the case, releasing a statement saying in part that officials are actively investigating, but we don't believe at this time there was any direct connection to the vaccine. Of course not. I don't care how many end up like this, folks. This is chiseled in stone. I hope you understand that. I really hope you understand. <laughs> this is like a war scenario for them, and they're going to do whatever it takes, whatever the cost to the public, to get this all done. And then they come out and they say, there have been no related safety signals identified in our clinical trials. The post-marketing experience thus far are with the, the mRNA vaccine platform. To date, millions of people have been vaccinated and we're closely monitoring all adverse events in individuals receiving the vaccine. Yeah, so there you go. It's a mystery, you see, just a mystery that your own system starts to attack. Your immune system starts to attack itself. Hmm? Just a mystery, yeah. I tell you. And they keep saying the same things. I looked at a couple of the different articles. They've done a little clip on a, on a, a, I guess it was a TV station that stays on the internet, though. 
uh, repeat the same stuff and all repeat like they all do they repeat the same quotes and the same everything it's, it's just so sickening these talking heads you know no shame at all as they brainwash the public anyway the guy's wife Nickelman remains suspicious that the vaccine had something to do with her husband's death I wonder why what conspiracy theorists say he was a pro-vaccine advocate that's why he got it himself she said I believe that people should be aware that side effects can happen and that this is not good for everyone and in this case destroyed a beautiful life, perfect family and has affected so many people in the community, she added. So there you go. Anyway, that one's going to get buried like all the other ones, you know. Mexican doctor hospitalized after receiving Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. And more than 120, I'll keep telling you, but many, many people have died from COVID, but how many have died with it? Since it's, it's just the, the test that they're using, remember, is the PCR test. Huh? I'll even put a clip up the night where you hear the inventor of the test <laughs> really slanging um, Fauci. Huh? You should hear the guy slanging Fauci, calling him a pretty well a moron, and knows nothing about virology, etc., Quite interesting is, and that the test is useless for diagnosing. This is from the inventor of it. That's why they chose it for big numbers. You, you guaranteed so many false positives. Otherwise, you, you couldn't use. They're trying to use statistics. You see, it, without this test, guaranteed to get false positives, you couldn't get the statistics. They need to try to convince the public to go along with it, all, to crash the economy, to, ever, to get a whole agenda through. You know? So anyway, this guy got it done, and it says. Um, it says here, what does it say? Well, yeah, the Mexican authorities say they're studying the case of the 32-year-old female doctor who was hospitalized after receiving the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. Doctor, whose name has not been released, was admitted to the intensive care unit of a public hospital in the northern state of Nova Leon after she experienced seizures, difficulty breathing, and a skin rash. That's very common after certain vaccines, skin rashes too, right? And the initial diagnosis is encephalomyelitis, he says. They said, the health ministry said in a statement released Friday night, encephalomyelitis is an inflammation of the brain and spinal cord. Well, that's what you get as, as a side effect, is this particular vaccination, say. You had this before with, with the, the vaccinations they put out in 2009. They stopped giving them out in some countries. Was it Australia or New Zealand? Where, where it was causing narcolepsy. But you also get this bilateral uh, effect of either side of the spine. You get certain paralysis, certain in, uh, setting in certain muscles and so on. Uh, so it does affect the spine if it's going to affect you at times. Eh? So this article only adds to it. But they won't tell you that here. They'll just tell you that it's uh, affected uh, the spine in this particular, or the brain in this particular person, right? And spinal cord. That's actually, they actually see some of this and what the things they're supposed to watch for for this particular vaccine on, on the instructions for doctors. So here they go. The ministry added that the doctor had a history of allergic reactions and said there's no evidence from clinical trials that anyone has developed an inflammation of the brain after the vaccine's application. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many, I wonder how many is going to... I hope they make, it, make a wall of this after it looks like the Vietnam Wall, you know, all the names on the folk. One day down the road, eh? 
Despite no lockdowns and mask mandate, Florida has the same hospitalisation rate as the 2018 flu season. I'll put that one back up. That was out before, I think, but it's uh, out again January the 6th. And we're told the liberties must be suspended in order to keep hospitals from reaching apocalyptic levels. But what if those levels are just above normal and not anywhere near apocalyptic levels? And what if these lockdown measures do nothing to keep the levels down anyway? So they don't have the lockdowns in these parts of Florida. And it says uh, it hasn't risen there either, you know, in the hospitals. Mm. See, you you barely see an increase in the hospitalization level in the Sunshine State from previous years. Not surprising because more folk have flooded into it over the last few months from New York City itself, just that alone. Never mean other places too. Uh, that, That should really shove it up, the number, eh? Just for old age and everything else, by the way. Anyway, it says, uh, and the current level appears to be on par with 2018 flu season. Hmm. So I'll put that one up as well. Facts don't matter, though, you see. Vaccine marketing groups uh, take up challenge of promoting shots to pandemic's hardest hit, it says here. It's a big, it's multi-million dollar push. It's been in the papers that they're, they're putting out there with the government paying for it with your tax money, for most of it anyway. To, to try to, to give it, get make folk uh, accept it, to give them more confidence in vaccination, actually. And a PDF goes along there, too. I might put that up, too. But anyway, so they've got marketing groups that are working hard with getting millions of dollars of tax money to promote the shorts in the U.S., as an example. And... Um, They're, they're targeting certain groups as well, so they're, so they've got ones for they're they're tailor making tailor making the propaganda campaign to different ethnic groups. Eh? So there's one here for the National Black Church Initiative, organised uh, 15 church community campaign in Baltimore to encourage Black Americans to get their flu shots. So they tried it there before. Eleven people in a city of six hundred thousand showed up. So that's pretty. There you go. Some folk, some folk they think there, I think for themselves. Oh, it was just for flu shots. We saw it as a dress rehearsal for the resistance we're going to get when the coronavirus vaccine is raised, said Reverend Anthony Evans, president of the National Black Church Initiative. So the, yeah, this article is on about that too. And the executives of the ad councils all working with together and to encourage folk to, to go along with it and so on. So multi-million dollar campaign, eh? This other one here, from the, the, the handout, basically, for Pfizer and the rest of them, too, uh, it's called Building Confidence in COVID-19 Vaccines Among Your Patients, as for the doctors and healthcare teams, how to give make them confident in it, and the presentation overview, you know, it says... Um, mRNA vaccine technology is one of the topics. Vaccine safety monitoring is another. Elements of vaccine confidence. Strategies for building vaccine confidence. Strategies for talking with patients about the COVID-19 vaccine. And it's got on the front lines and at risk of exposure, you know, uh, can potentially transmit the virus that causes COVID-19 to patients, families and communities can positively influence vaccination decisions of peers, patients, friends, family, healthcare personnel, it was paid and unpaid persons. So they go through all the folk involved that are supposed to be able to get, get, 
you get taught how to convince the public this is quite safe and good for you. And it says, the federal government is funding and coordinating the development of multiple vaccine candidates, several of which are in large-scale phase three trials. So actually, the phase three trials are you that take it. Because for phase three, you've got to get a challenge test when you... They're not even given the challenge test, as far as I've read them last week and the week before, in at least some of these these vaccines. So once you hit real viruses, coronaviruses, they're common colds of coronavirus, and that might trigger a, a massive cytokine storm. You know? So they won't know until you actually hit the wild, a wild virus somewhere uh, after you get the shot. You know? It might not be until, until next fall when the normal flus and colds break out and things like that. Or the fall and spring. COVID-19 vaccines expect to receive FDA emergency use authorizations. Etc. Etc. To tell you what to tell the people, and it says what are messenger RNA vaccines. This is important. This is from the authorities themselves. Remember, this is from the CDC. It says they carry genetic material that teaches our cells how to make a harmless piece of spike protein, right? which is found on the surface of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Genetic material from the vaccine is destroyed by our cells once copies of the spike proteins are made, and it's no longer needed. So it's going to permanently change, (laughs) this is the idea, Uh, your cells, right? So your cells then copy the the stuff that's getting injected into you, the RNA, like a a blueprint, eh? reprogramming your cells. Uh, So your cells will make this spike protein, right? And it says, and, and it's no longer needed. Cells display this piece of spike protein on their surface, and an immune response is triggered inside our bodies. This produces antibodies to protect us from getting infected if SARS-CoV-2 virus enters our bodies. Maybe it would affect your, maybe it'll, I wonder if it's going to affect your immune system and give you, you know, thrombocytopenic purpura and hemorrhaging and stuff, you know, and like strokes maybe, you know, attacking your own, no, and that's just that's my imagination running riot in the realm of fantasy now. Eh? So now it says, do not affect our DNA. mRNA does it, or does not enter the, the, the cell nucleus. It doesn't affect your DNA, it says. It cannot give someone COVID-19. And it uses technology that's new. It says, use technology that's new but not unknown. The mRNA vaccines have been studied for influenza, Zika, rabies, and cytomegalovirus, CMV. Yeah, but it hasn't been used for it because it's had terrible effects, hasn't it? So it's about these COVID-19 mRNA vaccines that they're expected to produce side effects after vaccination, especially after the second dose. Well, Fokker, you know, certain things are happening after the first dose. I won't go into it again. The side effects may include fever, headache, muscle aches, and no significant safety concerns were identified in the clinical trials. Oh, no, none at all, eh? That's not true, you know. Uh, but I won't go into that. I mustn't contradict the officials here, even by using their own uh, reports. <laughs> At least eight weeks of safety data were gathered in the trials. It's unusual for side effects to appear more than eight weeks after vaccination. 
How are they going to know? Some of these things are going to affect you for years down the road. This is a new type of vaccine. So this is what they were to tell the people. It's all safe and fine and yada, 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 you know. Uh, even though uh, I'm getting reports from people who've got terrible, massive headaches with it. They can't go to work after getting the shots. Some have had incredible diarrhea, like literally. <laughs> and awful, awful muscle pains. All the symptoms, in fact, associated, interestingly, with what they initially said you might find symptoms if you get COVID. It's quite interesting to see that coming out, eh? And, and even in this, this, this CDC report, they're talking new systems have been developed to monitor them, you know, so you get, they've got your apps and all the rest of it, and they provide telephone follow-ups to anyone who reports medically significant adverse effects, etc. Yada, yada. I wonder if they'll pay full cough to, well, if they, who get hurt with it. And a good lump sum of money to, to keep quiet. That'll be part of the agreement. You don't say anything. To I bet you that's already happened. That's happened before, by that kind of technique, you know. Legalities that they bring in. And um, patients may be hesitant to receive COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. That says, so they show you that the, the faces, the guy with a frown factor is weighing on acceptance. So I'm not sure. Are there side effects? Does it work? Is it safe? How much does it cost? And then you have the, the woman who's authoritative, looking healthy, with her arms crossed and smiling. COVID-19 vaccine, more acceptable if healthcare teams said it was safe, no cost to the individual. It would help to get uh, get back to school and work. Well, it won't, because they tell, they tell you it won't stop you just getting it or even carrying it and passing it on. And you'll start to wear masks, so, so they've lied all the way along, etc., etc., so as to get over it, vaccine hesitancy. It's not having your own mind about things and opinions or studies and conclusions. It's just hesitancy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all percentages too. Try con you by percentages that just made up, obviously, because a lot of folk will jump on. Well, if it was thirty-four said percent said they'll voluntarily receive it, I guess I could jump in it too. You know. And then defining vaccine confidence. It's the trust that patients or providers have in the recommended vaccines and the providers. Why not giving us all the real facts? Huh? All the facts, rather than do you like this person or not? Well, I think they're nice people that said it was quite safe. Why not give them the actual facts here? Huh? The truth. Can't have that, eh? Another one, too, is... Uh, how busy are hospitals in England? This is an interesting article <laughs> if you want a mind bend, eh? So it's by the, uh, the uh, it says BBC, eh? When announcing the national lockdown, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the NHS risked being overwhelmed if the measures weren't taken. But statistics suggest that pro- the proportion of beds currently occupied by patients is actually lower than usual. This is the BBC, right? So how can both findings be true? Now, the BBC only comes out with this stuff because folk have found out, that, well, I've just read here, that the, the, the amount of beds occupied by patients is actually lower than usual. So here's got a, if you read this article, you get a mind warped. They try to explain it to you. Well, that might be partly true, but here's another side of it. Don't see it this way. See it that way. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's the world we live in today, isn't it? Yeah. So winter is normally an incredibly busy time for the NHS, coinciding with the peak of the flu season. But that's, there's no more flu anyway. 
That's why we often see new stories at this time of year about patients facing long waits for care, etc. But this year the system is facing the added pressure preventing coronavirus. Yeah. So the changes this year include less space for beds due to the need for larger gaps between them. <laughs> this is an amazing virus. It knows not to go beyond six feet, you know. That's intelligence, eh? Really amazing. Do you realize if you wafted a door in a ward and it's wafted the areas of clo- anything coming out of their mouths, eh? Could travel 50 to 100 feet within 10 to 15 seconds. Did you know that? But somehow, when professionals are present, it drops to the floor at six feet. There you go. At least in the computer models. So anyway, so here you are. I need more space because the beds are spaced far apart. Right? And the division of wards into three zones goes for people with coronavirus. Those waiting test results. People who are waiting test results shouldn't be in with folk wait who have coronavirus. And then, and then those who've tested negative, all in the same ward. <laughs> oh, dearie. This is the cutting edge of science here. Increased infection control, including cleaning and putting on personal protective equipment, PPE, which takes up staff time. So that's the reason I can't treat many folks. It's just putting the clothes on. Increased critical care beds and patients, which require more interesting, intensive staffing. Combined, these factors mean that hospitals have less capacity than usual, meaning fewer beds are available for fewer patients. So you can still get overwhelmed with fewer beds because they're all spaced far apart <laughs> and the staff are still putting their clothes on. <laughs> this is the reason that, that there's actually fewer patients in the hospitals than <laughs> the BBC. <laughs> I was going to mention too the BBC, you remember, the British Court. It's, it's, part, it's been part of the intelligence agency from its inception. And um, quite a few years back, I remember reading an article, I think I just touched on it maybe last time, about the, the, the Crown Corporation deal that Britain and its, and its uh, Commonwealth countries have. Uh, these are important institutions, right? But and you th- well, a corporation, these, they actually have shares, but not for the general public. And they won't tell you who they're for. The CBC for Canada did uh, an article some years back trying to find out what are these companies really, and if they have shares and so on, and who gets the shares, and they couldn't get an answer from the government. So that's just, so Britain one is is the, is the this is the premier flagship for all. And, and a few years ago, I remember reading an article on a radio show or something on the radio. And actually said that they, were, they had sold off some shares to guess who? This is the BBC run by the government in Britain to the CIA. I guess everybody's forgotten. I, I didn't. <laughs> so here's the CIA uh, giving your thoughts again in Britain as well. And uh, that's why it's so bananas now on the BBC. You talk about radicals, they should be on the streets in the States, actually. Some of the folk they're putting in the positions there. And I really mean that. It's all by design. Another article here is the PCR deception. There's actually a video, I'll put that up too. And you'll hear um, the inventor of the PCR test talking about it himself. So you'll know I'm not making it up. And uh, and also, I'll put up the, an, an, one by Peter Hitchens, if I can find a darn thing, 
where he tells you why he can't be doing his talks so much anymore, you know. He's so depressed, I guess, with what's happening. And the massive attacks by the establishment when he tries to open his mouth. I think that's actually here, is it? Yeah. My apologies for not blogging as I used to. Here's why. This is, um, this is uh, Jack Annandale's comments. Not that it's any of my business, but I miss when Peter Hitchens used to blog much more regularly. I found that the, the reviews, musings, and analysis, travel, writing, etc. are so interesting to read. So Peter Hitchens writes, My thanks to Mr. Annandale. I miss it too. On many days I hope to return to my keyboard and begin again, but the endless battle against lies and submission swiftly absorbs me. Maybe sometime soon, but I fear that if dissent fails on this occasion, there'll be little space left in the world for what I used to do. He knows this is the end of all free speech, you know. Endless battle against lies and submission swiftly absorbs me. There you go. And the comments below, it's interesting too. From, uh, I don't know who, who was, uh, maybe it's Sally, I'm not sure, sure who, wrote, who wrote this part here. As a reply, one of his listeners says, I can fully understand this sentiment. The attack on you and free speech by people who frankly should know better is terrifying. Many of these people operate in the media. I wonder how many people in the BBC or Sky or The Guardian secretly campaigned to have YouTube shut down talk radio. They should be ashamed to call themselves liberal or journalists. You expect it from professional Stalinists who want to shut down everything even when there isn't a pandemic. But journalists who claim they are free for free liberal democracy have revealed their true colours. Well, who do you think the real Stalinists are? But it gets worse than shutting down speech. The leader of the opposition, who laughably is a human rights lawyer, wants to criminalise speech itself. And that's true again in every country now at the same time, which tells you this is a global agenda, right? The leader of the opposition, who laughably is a human rights lawyer, wants to criminalize speech itself, defending terrorists and mass murderers, and their free speech is fine. Right? But not law-abiding members of the public. Perhaps they, they can pay the high legal fees that keep the human rights lawyers and lifestyle they have become accustomed to. Another reply to his, his, in his blog says, I've been sent, this is one by Sally, uh, I've been sent a disturbing video by a friend who lives in London, in London. It features a couple who were out protesting peacefully against lockdown from what I gather. They were told to move on by the police and were arrested because they moved too slowly. The kind of force used, uh, it's, it's sometimes I might have expected to see in the 1980s in South Africa or the China of today. We're now living in a police state the same. can also be said of their once free countries such as Australia, New Zealand and France. Free speech has almost died out these last few months. The likes of Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube now seeing to that. We should all be very worried indeed. The change has been rapid and the excuse pathetic. Well, as I'm saying, you don't need the governments anymore. You need to get Mr. Zuckerberg and the other front people who are put in charge of big global platforms because they're part of the biggest intelligence gathering system on the planet. Massive agency for intelligence, no doubt about it, from the very beginning, of course. The heads of Twitter and so on, and the usual people. Who are your censors? They decide what's true, what's not true, 
uh, what's what's likable, what's hate. You know, you can't be commenting on what everyone's hate if they want. All you need is smear you with something, and that's you shut up. And uh, it's going to get worse, folks. It's, this has all happened before in a slightly different way, but it's all the same stuff's happened before elsewhere in the world. And long ago, yeah. also the this one here is um, from Science Direct, an international journal of infectious diseases, antibody-dependent enhancement of coronavirus. Worth reading for those who want to to read it to find out the, the things that actually happen and the vaccines might make it actually worse. And also the U.S., U.K. intelligence agencies. I mentioned this before how they declared cyber war on independent media. Well, I'll find out the Canadian ones they had before too, and I'll put that up as well for those who want to to see it. Now, this article two is what I've been saying already. With unilateral censorship of a sitting U.S. president, big tech has proven it's more powerful than any government. It says the move to get President Trump off social media had been heralded by some as a victory, but but a corporate-run state with politicians serving as mere figureheads amounts to the very fascism they claim to oppose. Well, sure it does. The smug, palpable air of mission accomplished emanating from Facebook, Twitter, and Google in the weeks after the media's called uh, November's elections for Democrat Joe Biden has been hard to ignore. Thanks to an iron grip on the political narrative and the heavy-handed suppressions of any influential dissenting voices, these insanely wealthy companies and their partners in the media establishment have managed to successfully upend what was left of the U.S. democratic process. In short, the reason to celebrate having pulled off the first successful national-level coup by media a coup by media in U.S. history, and better yet, for them at least having helped the right guy win. In quotation marks, they won't have to answer to any bogus charges of Russian collusion this time round. Indeed, no less than the Department of Homeland Security came forward to declare the vote the most secure in U.S. history. There you go. Homeland Security said that. A baffling claim at best, given that the same officials have spent months insisting foreign infiltration supposedly had democracy hanging by a thread. And this goes on to talk about what happened at, uh, at the Capitol, you know, almost guaranteed to result in further restrictions in online speech, and as many observers noted just how big tech and big brothers as how they wanted it. No explanations have been forthcoming as to why the Capitol was largely unguarded during the protests, even though Trump had for weeks been calling on his followers to stage wild demonstrations on that day. Nor was it clear why Mayor Muriel Bowser waited so long before sending in police and the military to rein in the chaos. But you actually see the cops opening the doors and standing aside to let the folk in. I guess it's all staged, folks. To demonize the people who were all, you know, thousands of decent folk and couples who were all turned up there. That's what's his purpose. That's psychological warfare and an actual um, operation. And actually pulled off a physical operation to demonize an enemy. And to create them as an enemy, actually. This article is quite interesting, too. It's from WBES in the States. And Chicago Police Union President defends those who stormed the U.S. Capitol. So you can actually 
uh, listened to the guy defending the folk, you know, initially, because he says, yeah, they were frustrated and disgusted and they weren't, weren't causing any trouble, really. Any damage was minimal. So it says John Catanzara, elected last May to represent the city's 12,000 rank and file police officers for the union, says he understands the frustrations behind the riot which led to the four deaths, injuries to several police officers and damage to the iconic building. It says there was no arson, like there has been all the, for the, some of the rest of the year, right, with the <laughs> streets and so on. There was no arson. There was no burning of anything. There was no looting. There was very little destruction of property, Catanzara told W-E-Z, WBEZ in a Wednesday evening phone interview. It was a bunch of pissed off people that feel an election was stolen somehow, some way. Catanzara echoed the President Donald Trump's oft repeated false claims that he says this is that this is the media talking, right? False claims that Joe Biden stole the election. But the FOP leader admitted there's no proof. He said, I don't have any doubt that something shady happened on, in this election. He said, but you're not going to convince me that there are many people voted for Joe Biden. This is the police, chief, the police union chief said, telling you. Evidence matters, he says. Until that appears, shame on them for what they did. But it was out of frustration. There's no fights. There's no, obviously, violence on this crowd. They pushed past security, made their way to the Senate chamber. They destroy anything when they were there. No, they didn't. So that's what he said, right? And then you have the article. Once once his appears got to me, this, this is Chicago Police Union president says he's sorry for backing the Capitol rioters. He says, I brought negative attention to our lodge. You start with the lodge. The, every cop says they're all part of the lodge. Hey? <laughs> the FOP family and law enforcement in general, he wrote. Hey? He's been given his orders. Hey? So it says, as he came under fire from his union's national leader, the president of Chicago's Fraternal Order of Police Lodge on Friday apologized for a WBEZ interview in which he defended the supporters of President Trump, who stormed the Capitol. And so apologized because he said the people were not violent and that he could understand their frustration. He said his statements were poorly worded and would have been different if he had seen more video of the Capitol assault. So he's been put in his place, in other words, you know, and you kind of folk uh, telling them what you actually saw, for goodness sakes. Uh, and the folk are really frustrated. Well, no wonder they're frustrated. Eh? Yeah. This other article, let's end with this one here. Credibility of European Court of Human Rights. Now, you know what happened in the States. It was in the, it was the mainstream newspapers, too, about the different... Uh, Attorneys and state attorneys and so on They were letting a lot of the Because they're agents running You see it's agents that lead all these riots And this, over this last year The trained agents The, the leaders eh? And they're getting arrested and let go and so on Or fines are getting paid for them And they're just let, let out The next day that was all That was the frustration of even the cops All summer long into the fall At the present time because the protests, you see, they were not looting and burning and stuff. They're the protesting. At night it gets cold and you've you got to set bones and fire to, or you'll freeze, you see. So anyway, it says... Uh, <laughs> and, and so folk knew where the money was coming from. The organization. This article here is, uh, for, I think it's from, is it from RT or US? I'm not quite sure it's from actually. I think it's RT. Yeah, it's RT News. This is what happened in the European Court of Human Rights. It says the credibility of the European Court of Human Rights lies in ruins after judges' links 
thesaurus revealed. No kidding you. This guy is everywhere. A study of the European Centre for Law and Justice in Strasbourg revealed several conflicts of interest between the judges at the European, European Court of Human Rights and the NGOs funded by George Soros. The European Centre for Law and Justice is an NGO which often appears at the court to campaign on social, family and religion-related issues. I'm proud to be listed as a research fellow at the ECLJ. But in, rea- but in reality, I've written only one article for the centre's website and I received no salary from it. I had no role in writing the report. And it says the study has found that out of the 100 judges who've served on the bench of the European Court of Human Rights in the period of 2009-19, nearly a quarter, as 22 of them, have strong links to George Soros Open Society Foundation or to NGOs like Amnesty International and others which are funded by it. Human Rights Watch, for instance, has received $100 million from the Open Society Foundation since 2010. Whoa, whoa, hey. The links between the, 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 says the, the judges and NGOs are substantial. They include working for years as members of the board of directors or executive councils of these NGOs, having teaching posts at institutes funded by them, being a salary director of programs for the Open Society Foundation or associated with NGOs and undertaking other forms of paid work for them. The full list of these links can be found on pages 7 and 8 of the report. The link is here to the report, by the way. It's very interesting to read it. This is the official report, eh? And it's a good example of the Bulgarian Yonko Grozev, who is leader of the Open Society Justice Initiative, defending the Pussy Riot case against Russia in 2018 before being elected as a judge of the court shortly thereafter. The study does not include less formal forms of collaboration with NGOs, such as occasional work for them, this means that the, the links are even greater than those specifically addressed in the study. also covers other human rights officers, such as Commissioner for Human Rights at the Council of Europe from 2012 to 18, and names them, you know, who does not sit as a judge, but who was for years a salaried activist of the Open Society Foundation in Latvia, and has used his official position to campaign against the so-called anti-Soros the legislation in Hungary. See how they're all working together. Eh? These are—it's the rich men in the world you got really to watch out for. Eh? This isn't new. There's, there's a league of them. There's no doubt there's a league of them, and they've always been. There's a league of them going way back into Carnegie. You, you find a lot of information of the characters that suddenly came into America and suddenly rose to the top in groups. You know, and uh, and even joined the Masons and these Carnegie did, and shot to the top, you know, very quickly. And so they're all fronts for the big, big money, money that was even then ran America, the the USA of that day, that period. So you've got you've got literally this. It's like a military-industrial complex with this. With here is the NGO and you know complexes. Uh, it's, a, it's a profession. It's big business. Right? Big business, folks. And all these different uh, NGOs with huge salaries and yada, yada, yada. So I'll put these articles up for those who want to have a uh, look at them. But remember that folks shouldn't just collapse the things that are happening spiritually, you know.
Because it's a war. This is a war against everybody to change everything so that the rulers can have total, total dominion over all of you. This is what it's about. And to bring in their, their own new system, which is drafted long ago. And whatever guys to bring it in is what they use. You can see what they're using at the moment, and it's COVID and total lockdowns and riots in the streets and things like that. And then demonizing of just the general public who really ticked off with everything. Can't blame them. Can't blame them. They've, they've watched the, the rigging of everything. And, and if you have a one-party system, where, where that's where it really seems to be now. There are no real Republicans in the U.S. government anymore. Not really, no. It's a one-party system. And it isn't something I would even think of really as being American, really. It's almost an alien system. Alien by being different, not, not off the U.S., you know, in a sense. It certainly is not, not much in, in, in common with the, the reasons that Americans always thought American existed, why it existed, what it was. And so it really, again, it's like CIA run. The CIA is, is literally a, a, a very, very de- definitely an alien type because it, it really isn't there to help Americans. It really never was. And the wars that did across the world, and the cultural wars that it led after World War II, and continue to this present day across the world, are also used inside America for an agenda that most Americans would not like at all. And that's what you're up against, as a system that doesn't belong to the people. I've said it so many times, you, you, you go to elections, you, you see them dripping the flags around you, you hear the same songs, patriotic songs, and the brass bands go, and you don't realize you can be a, you can actually be going 180 degrees in a different direction, opposite direction. As long as the symbols appear to be the same, you, you, you don't recognize what's happened. I've said it so many times over the years. But if, if nothing else, if, if nothing else, you see the faces and the personalities of the characters that are at least fronting for the system and government now. You see them. And they look pretty vicious to me, some of them. Vicious. Dangerously vicious. That's what you have to remember. So remember, folks, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Send me a few bucks my way, hopefully. Keep me ticking on. And see what I've got there for books and discs and so on. Remember, too, I'm locked down as well, so I can't get stuff posted off very quickly. Donations are really welcome, and you'll find out how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Don't just just collapse. Stop following the leaders that are presenting it to you. And I think deep down you know who's who. I think you do. (laughs) And don't fall for it again, you know. Always think of the chessboard and and what the moves are down the way, where they want to lead you to. Why? Hmm? Always think of it. That's how they play the game. It's all done. It's all gamed out before they do anything. And don't let emotions run away with you. You've got to keep your cool heads in these times, remember. Because you, you definitely want to do something worthwhile to your children. With a culture that's still healthy. Not subservient to anybody, I don't care who they are.
And as I said before, if you know the history of the world, all this taking the knee stuff, you shouldn't get on your knee to any living human being. It took us centuries to get off our knees from under the nobilities and aristocracies and kings and queens. Don't run backwards and be conned into it. Have some respect for yourselves. And take care of yourselves and each other, by the way. This is a long haul, eh? For myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your God school with you. Mm-hmm.